Hey, this is Russell and I work at the video store, the place that you can go to once a week whenever it is movie night. I love this job. I get to talk about movies and series with my friends when the store is quiet and then interesting people pop in to rent something. We can help you figure out what you can be watching on streaming platforms and out in cinemas. All right, let's do it. Let's open up the shop. Okay, good morning. Morning, Russell. Hello. We have Cole today. That's me. And we've got GeForce. Hello. And we have got a lovely day at the video store for you. It is a bright, crisp summer's day (laughs) here. And uh, in a short little period of time, we are going to have Adam, the drag icon. Oh, brilliant. Pop in to ransom. Love Adam's. We have had shows uh, put on by Adam, so as the Bioscope, we have dealt with him, and when Adam then becomes this incredible drag persona, she is incredible. Yeah. And um, very talented, just the most incredible voice, and also just one of the most hardworking individuals, and for those who tune in every week you are in for a treat because you really get a great look as to how this interesting life happens mm. for someone. Wow. You know, how does it, how does someone do drag full time <laughs> or be able to do it full time? And you get a sense of where they came from and how they put it together and what they wake up and do every day, which cool. I think is fascinating. Yes. For those who are fans of Adam, who are now listening to us for the first time, welcome to the video store. We've got a great day here where we're going to talk a little bit of cock. Then Adam will pop in and we'll have a good chat. And then please stick around for after that chat where myself, Cole and Graham are going to talk more about the movies that we're watching, the TV mm. shows we're watching. And um, at the end of the day, we're here to help you figure out what you could be watching. Yeah. All right. Um, one little order of business. Uh, the good people at Empire Entertainment are putting on a screening of The Beekeeper yes. this week. Uh, that is the new Jason Statham action romp, yeah. which uh, looks like a good Jason Statham yeah. action romp. Jason Statham against bees. <laughs> I don't know whether there's actual bees involved. <laughs> oh. um, uh, but we have tickets to give away to the premiere, so yes. you can watch it before anyone else. Uh, in the week that this episode is coming out, that is going to be on Thursday in both Joburg and Cape Town. So have a cool. look out on our Instagram, which is the Video Store Pod, where we're going to um, give away some tickets. Nice. So there is that. I would love to just mention I've had the most incredible week. Nice. Um, the Good Bioscope um, has been a little quiet, and that is because we have been hard at work with a very exciting upgrade, which after the guest chat, after Adam... We can talk more about, but basically the Bioscope has upgraded to a very fancy sound and projection setup, yeah. which is now meaning that we can do bigger studio releases. Mm-hmm. So all the films that are exciting that we are talking about, that we as the video yeah. store have been going out to watch, um, we can screen those at the Bioscope now. Cool. So I'll give a little breakdown and, and explain what that is, but that, that's very exciting. It's a total game changer. 
I am still buzzing from a very exciting show at Kirsten Bosch. Cool. Yeah. Um, with Short Straw, myself and Gad, who's another member of the video store. Um, we played to a sold out, very beautiful Kirsten Bosch. And it was really, honestly, one of the shows I'll remember forever. Nice. Um, wow. They never get old. <laughs> no. <laughs> that view, looking up that hill and seeing close to sort of 6,000 people see. all singing along, all having the best time nice. is, um, is exciting. And um, it was great to play with El Bear, which is a band that we've done many shows with over the years. Um, also fun, catchy indie band. Cool. Um, oh, did they come back? So they've come back. So the last oh. one of the last times we played Kirsten Bosch was when they chose to disband. They all had other things that they then went and did. And then we got word that they were looking to come back for just one or two shows. Nice. Um, and so we did Kirsten Bosch again um, together. And then in the week of this release... Um, this coming Saturday, we are going to play Marks Park in Joburg okay. for Large on the Lawn, which is also going to have Matthew Mole, who has also been a loyal customer of the video store, uh, and Will Lindley, who's a very exciting new like superstar coming out of South Africa. Cool. Um, so yeah, it'll be a good show. So uh, oh, those yeah. tickets are, you can go to shortstraw.co.za. Nice tickets. Just worth a little punt because it's nice and exciting. Cool. Yeah, you got your own podcast, you got your own cinema and your own band. Like, right. why <laughs> punt, punt them on your fucking show, man? Uh, lovely. But, uh, Boyos, mm. um, yeah. have you got some stuff to do? Yeah. Um, I've, got to, I've got to go vacuum the storeroom. Again. Uh, go sorry. Vacuum it's a the mess storeroom. in there. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So I'm going to go take that copy of Basic Instinct away from those kids. Uh, <laughs> put that down. <laughs> <laughs> Um, thanks uh, for listening and um, and joining us today. We've got a lovely day, so let's get into it. This is Adam popping in to rent something. We really are diving in, huh? Oh yeah, no, no, we <laughs> well, don't. I got here. We're not fucking around at the bioscope today. No, we don't mess around. And also, <laughs> sometimes you get little gems before you start. Right, so. literally. But, I'm um, so jazzed. Well, how's it? Ah, man. It's great. How's it with you? Very good. It's nice to see you again. I'm so happy to be back. Can I tell you? I'm like exhausted from the tour and like doing all that shit with like... Oh, can I swear? Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank God. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Probably should have asked first. Um, Doing all that stuff with Trinity and like doing the big shows and getting all that stuff done. I'm like... Yeah. Tell me about that and who Trinity was. Uh, (laughs) We killed her at the end. Um, uh we we basically like that was mine and theo so so theo and i run a company called at media and we are a, a, an events company i suppose but mainly like a live entertainment company and like artist yeah. management Spe- specializing in the drag world yes of course yeah. uh, like internationally so so this was our first like theo and i started being like the main driving force behind bringing international queens through a different company before uh so international queens being like winners or contestants from RuPaul's Drag Race and like, you know, awesome. stuff like that. So Trinity is a winner. Trinity won RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars season four. Um, and she's actually a friend of ours because they, they brought her a few years back and there was this, it was, it's actually so much drama because originally, <laughs> it's so much drama because originally we booked a different drag queen and then that drag queen canceled last minute. Okay. And I knew Trinity, so we like called her and we were like, call please, can you convince this dumb bitch to just fucking show up? Like, why yeah. is she canceling? And Trinity was like, 
I could convince her or I could go. I could just do it. I'm going to be in South Africa. And we were like, why are you in South Africa? She was like, it's a secret. So I was like, okay, <laughs> sure thing. I fully know the secret because I got the same casting. But it's like everything just aligned. And then, and then we did the show and, and it was such a success. So, so you sort of toured as if you were a band. Yeah, well, we always went, tour, yeah. You go to different nightclubs, right? Uh, no, theaters. Theaters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, before it used to be more nightclub shows, but this specific one was like, very theater oriented we wanted to make sure it was like high production value like really next level stuff because it was our first one uh independently and we needed to just be the coolest people around and you pulled it off and it's done it's so done i literally like two days ago i cried (laughs) i was sitting and looking at footage because it like hadn't sunk in and i was just like i'm not stressed anymore i'm so happy this was like pulled off it worked so well so 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 coming down from all of that has been so fun, and now I never want to work again. <laughs> it's great. I um I I know from our time together that you work hard, Russell. No, but I oh. know that I can tell that that you that you are that that hustler, and, and that you do. <laughs> you came in with professionalism and other brands, and yeah. we were doing cocktails and. <laughs> Our, our drag extravaganzas were Hell always fucking yeah. were always a success. So Hell yeah. So um, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, let's sort of get into it. What, where? How, how does it all work for you? What What do you wake up every day and do? You put on these events. Uh, so I recently, like, I have been. Uh, wow, not the not the West Hollywood gay fantasy, but recently I've been like going to the gym a lot like i wake up and like go to the gym like i say early it's absolutely not early <laughs> it's not early i like get to the gym at 10 i'm like it's fully it's fully the middle of the morning yeah. um and i wake up and i'll go to the gym whatever and then theo and i will convene my business partner um we will convene and we'll discuss like a bunch of stuff we we plan out our month and then we kind of stay. I, I'm a believer in like a written calendar. Yeah. Um, because here's the thing, right? It's kind of impossible. Well, it was, not, not this, it was kind of impossible to like make a career out of being a drag queen yeah. in South so Africa. They, yeah, let, that's what I want to kind of get a sense of for people. Yeah. You, you, you're performing most of the time, hey? I, I, am a f- I do this full time. Yeah, but I'm saying, are you behind the scenes or are you both. in front? Yeah, so you both. do a bit of both. Both equally and both a lot. Um, I lo- I'm, I am addicted to working. I think yeah. it's like my coping mechanism. I yeah. love working. Because the thing is, especially like, the one half of the work is really, re- it's tiresome, but it's really amazing. Okay. I'm sorry, but like- And which half people, is that? The performing part. The performing part. Because yeah. if you're like- if you're any performer worth their salt, I mean, you're going to be giving a really good show. You have like hundreds and hundreds of people, sometimes thousands and thousands of people like screaming your name, chanting yeah. for you, like giving you energy and like you, yeah, feel, no, like you feel it. Like when I did, um, when I did Adidas X Richem Nisi, when we did 2 million icons earlier in the year, I mean, there were people or thousands of people like all the way to the back of the, this warehouse. Yeah. And I was like, on the stage, you know, doing Beyonce, yeah, feeling like Beyonce, and, and I'm yeah. sitting there going like, "This is amazing. This was worth all the hassle of like, like I said, waking up in the morning, getting with Theo. Um, then we take a look at the written calendar, and then we go." 
this date could use some more stuff. And then we get an event proposal and then we'll pitch it to a bunch of like people that we know would want to work with us. You know, like the, yeah. the, the people, um, the folks who run even after all, I think, I think mm. it's still Mark and Marcel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Lovely guys. Um, We'll we'll do we'll message them or or someone who like we know and we'll be like hey do you guys want like a really cool event like here's this concept we'll do it and no, then sure. we'll see how it goes. But my, I'm curious to know in that moment what what do you think the appeal is of drag? Yeah, because because just to just to sort of outline it for someone who perhaps hasn't experienced it, mm-hmm. as you said, you're kind of in in some ways you're singing along a lot of yeah. the time. You could be doing original performance yeah, yeah, yeah. or actual mic hot singing yeah but which lo- i do yeah i know you do but a lot of the a lot could i say a lot of the time it's 99 percent it's lip syncing so so it's this kind of it's an interesting show in that regard w- what do you think the appeal is it's a fantasy that's okay. why people go along with it and that's i mean when i'm booking artists and the and the talent that i you know get to manage i am looking for people who kind of I, I don't know how to explain it. It's like the embody. There we go. Embody what they're performing. It is a fantasy that you're selling people. Yeah. We all know that we're lip syncing. But what's your point of view with the lip sync? What are you doing? You sell this like fantasy to people. Um, it's it's kind of like... So, so drag and nightlife kind of are super like hand in hand because at the end of the day nightlife and like partying is about people kind of like aggrandizing themselves yeah you so, know what so I you mean? think uh, you know tonight's going to be the greatest yeah 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 and, and i'm the shit and that's why they treat us so bad not drag queens people who work in because also i run a lot of stuff at babylon for my sins i hope yeah. y'all are listening <laughs> um <laughs> but, no, but it's, it's just it's just interesting because you know i don't know whether you could have just a pretty woman being a woman lip syncing like they would never get away with it there's something about the the, the, the idea tr- of it now being in drag so there is this fluidity in gender there is something more fantastical well that's what drag is right drag is showmanship because for example there are lots of people like do you know dita von Teese? the name rings bells yeah. dita von Teese is like a burlesque icon okay. uh, who's currently living burlesque is drag yeah. Those women are wearing like for example there are also lots of like AFAB drag queens and a lot of like queens who were born female and a lot of trans drag queens because transness and the gender of drag isn't necessarily that big a play it, it is to me and a lot of the South African scene. Yeah. But like it's about being over the top. It's about the glitz and glam. It's like how can you make that into something bigger? There's a there's a So it, it's, it almost doesn't matter what definition or box you yeah. are in it's just by virtue of you doing this over-the-top show well if i'm seeing a little boy in a ratty wig you yeah. know in a ydee dress doing yeah. a lip sync i'm gonna be like that's embarrassing and that's not drag yeah uh, that's just me being an elitist no that's just me gatekeeping no that's, no, that's just me like that's the point it's yeah, quality point. control and so the so the 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 audience comes to appreciate like the costume, the outfit, absolutely, the, sh- the show of it, and that that is its appeal and the point okay. of view, you know, and the um, fun of it. I it's guess it's so fun. That's the other thing. Yeah. It's so fun. You break a lot of my shows are super interactive, and that's kind of you know Theo and I did drag brunch here. We started drag brunch here, and that has kind of like got a mind of its own now we've yeah, like expanded you could, to you could, town al- and you could almost argue sometimes it could be a bit early for a drag <laughs> brunch but like 
but that's, that's what's the fun of it is disrupting that. That's our most successful event. Yeah. People love drag brunch. Because it's because different. Yeah. Also, it's kind of like um, a, a queer... I, I hate using the word queer out of academic stuff. It's like sure, people sure. use use queer for everything. Sorry, as a complete side note. Yeah, no, well, I also appreciate that because sometimes it can help you encompass just the yeah. scene in general. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it is a queer staple to go and drink in the morning <laughs> with okay. your friends. That's so, a thing. Yeah, so, yeah. so combining that with like the queer staple of wanting to see drag, it makes the most perfect, perfect thing. Okay, um, cool. Drag brunch is so dope. Drag okay. brunch is sort of the only thing that sucks is when I do it, I need to wake up early on a Saturday. <laughs> and I, I, I don't drink uh, during or before my shows. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't get to party with my friends, but it's kind of nice because then they give me money. <laughs> so whatever. But you're working. Yeah. yeah. Um, but drag, drag is, uh, is the appeal. I, my strength in this world is my... Uh, ability to convince people of doing or rather my persuasiveness mine and theo's entire thing is we go to like Pers- a restaurant persuading people to to turn drag friendly or, uh, right okay um or to to go to a venue for example and be like you know what y'all need mm. a drag i've performed i performed over here yeah i've done stuff at peachy i've done stuff at even overall i've done stuff here but like I'll the bioscope for example i would imagine the shows we've done were for a hundred percent appreciating audience yes. they knew what they were coming yes, for absolutely. do you enjoy the disrupting do you enjoy like going absolutely. up to the people that you know would never have found themselves absolutely. at a drag show but here you are baby hell yeah because okay. you know what the thing also is that almost is, as fun as going to someone who is receptive it's so fun because those are usually the people who are the most fun in the audience because yeah. they're always shocked at and they don't know what to do here's the thing right I am currently in like a very public fight with a very um, degenerate, nasty brand of <laughs> very poorly put together burgers at okay. an, a little known bar next to Babylon. Okay. Um, Hogshead. No, I'm kidding. Uh, and, and I think a lot of people's introduction to drag in South Africa was through that uh, venue. And I am not a person who... like. A lot of people, when they think of like going to a drag show, they think there's going to be like an old drag queen who's going to make fun of them and like okay. do some like overtly. I don't know whether people honestly stuff. know what they'd be in for. That's what I'm saying. Okay. But I, I think that's always the first port of call because that's all we've kind of been exposed to on TV in South Africa. Yeah. It's like drag queens are like these old chain smoking, <laughs> and it's not true. We're young chain smoking drug addicts. Yeah, yeah. No, um, but it's like. You know, those old chain smoking people is going to like read you and be no, like, sure, oh, doll, you. whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I think the excitement that people feel when they come to like, I would call our shows like a modern drag show. Okay. It's so fun. I, in my experience with, with you guys, and I say that because there have been a few others that have also come to the Bioscope. Yeah. It's amazing how sometimes guys are calling on a traditional yeah. thing and they'd be like, I want to do it like that. Or I yeah. want to... And that could be something that is long forgotten. And so that's quite Absolutely. cool to go back to that. And I, I loved meeting someone who, yeah, was born female, who drags as a male, which Whoa, was also kind a of king. a drag king. Yeah. And in my very open um, ignorance, I was like, I've never heard that term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please explain. Yeah. So one question I, I have before we get into our, our, okay, our great loves, and I want to kind so of go excited. through that part. Um, is you 
uh, perhaps just help me understand, and perhaps that could also help others. Mm. Um, you have kept the name Adam, yeah, which we've spoken about, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'd be nice to perhaps just talk about that on on the on the show. Uh, how are you with that and pronouns? How, what is your what is your take on all of that? Okay. What is your position so that I can also understand? I'll break it up into a couple of things. Um, with regards to like um, how to refer to me or whatever, I am not finicky about any pronoun type of stuff. I identify as a male mm. um, person. I, I have never had any kind of gender dysphoria. I have never experienced any of yeah. that. To be honest, I just like... I think that it, drag obviously is very closely related to like the trans experience and like a lot of people's like experiences sure. with gender dysphoria gets like um, showcased, you, you know, when they start drag and it kind of, you know, builds into something else. But um, I am male identifying. I don't really mind what pronouns. I do think it's really hilarious mm. when drag queens call each other he. <laughs> okay. I, especially when they're in drag. I would have been drag. I like to be called she because I look... I'm very feminine presenting in drag. Don't yeah. n- and nobody read me for that. I am very feminine but, presenting. But that's in drag, the feeling. So. Is that so? Then once you're in that character, which is still called Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would then want to be a she. Yeah. When you're in the outfit. Yes, of course. Yeah, that so, makes sense. So the reason that I kept my okay, there are two reasons. There is a like, I guess a a pragmatic business related reason, and there is a like, more subconscious reason. Uh, pragmatic reason being I been working in drag like the drag scene since um 2019 but i only started being a drag queen in 2021 yeah you see yeah i remember you used the phrase i was drag adjacent yes which i thought was a very interesting yeah i have been drag adjacent for very long i started hosting drag shows like i was the 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 mc essentially yeah yeah. um and in a in a in a normal outfit uh, well, I mean, a- no, I was I was doing a little sun and sun, and I wasn't in like wigs and makeup and stuff. But I would like corset myself, or I would, for example, when I ran, when I got the opportunity, thank you, to run my first big show. I I remember getting to the rehearsal, and I was I knew I knew nothing. But one thing about me, I will fake it, and I will, yes, and I mm. will improvise. You know. <laughs> But I will yes, improvise. Yeah. Um, these shows that I do here, I, 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 what Theo and I do, because my strength comes from improvising. I'm funny on the fly. Yeah. I'm not a joke writer. Yeah, well, I, I just think a, that's amazing that the job really has you become a stand-up comic. Of course it is, especially my part of it. So what we do is we write on a piece of paper. Theo sits in the front row. There's topics. Mm. I look at the topic. I talk about it. I And I never fumble over my words. I never do any of that. That's my strength. So... So why was I talking about that? <laughs> uh, you being a, you being an MC. Oh yes, and, yes, yes. Yeah. So so I was just winging it, and then um, were, were the outfits getting more and more drag as as your hosting went on? Well, a little. I was getting more budget, but I I had no choice but to do drag. I know that sounds ridiculous. It but was a calling. My it was it was always a calling, definitely. Okay. Um, entertainment is definitely my calling. I I am a well-rounded entertainer, um, and I studied it at Vits. Like I yeah. studied music at Vits. Like I did the works. But um, with drag specifically, Theo and I during the pandemic, at the end of, or let me rather say, the beginning of 2021. It was five days before payday in January. We got retrenched. Mm. And they said, we are not paying you. 
and I had just moved into a new apartment, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. I, my, my skills right now can't be harnessed because everything is closed. What are we going to do? And Theo and I sat and smoked a box of cigarettes together, yeah. and we were like, we're going to start this company. And we started our company maybe three or four days later as a marketing company, actually, mainly. And, um, and we, we, we did the first drag brunch February 1st. And we went to um, a bar in Melville. And we basically said to them, like, listen, we got to do this. But in my heart, I could not ask on my friends to get into drag for free and perform. Yeah. So I was like, I can, ask, I can perform for free myself. Yeah, I'll do it. So I'll do it. And then... And I was like, I'd seen enough drag shows by then. I mean, I'd been working. Had you not done drag never. at that point? Okay. You'd never. seen enough. You'd hosted it. Yeah. But you'd never actually taken the leap yourself. Never, never. But I knew I was a very capable performer. And that's why they hired me to do that. So, yeah. And I was doing musical theater. So it was like, yeah. so, so. That's what I started just, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, I can pay myself. And I did that drag brunch in a pair of jeans. Mm. I was in jeans and like a cropped sweater <laughs> and a beehive. <laughs> I Lovely. actually, I'll show you the pictures. It's disgusting. But anyway, and then, then we started the rest it. is history. Yeah. yeah, and I kept my name because, so that's a pragmatic reason. I always started the shows with everybody say, hi, Adam. And they always did it. Yeah. And then when I started drag shows, I was like, they, all these it's drag a great people. Name. In a way, it's a great name because it, it actually sort of brings a, there's a little biblical kind of yeah, first man. And, you know, <laughs> it, it, there's something kind of, yeah. I love it. And and I always capitalize my name when I'm in drag, like the full name. And I, always... and I loved how when I was designing the poster for our one yeah. event at the Bioscope, you said, and, and it never felt... Um, it never felt pretentious and or, 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 or I don't know what the word is, but none of, none of the experience was negative where you said, I want you to say drag icon, Adam. <laughs> I got I it. Was I wasn't. I got it immediately. I was like, that's branding, baby. Like, yeah, this, is the is. this is the world. But that's and, true. And if you get to write your own narrative, yeah. if you want to be a drag icon, then fucking and put it on the poster. And you want to know something? At the time, especially that was the first one that we did. At the time, which by the way, it's my annual one woman show time coming up oh, soon. Oh, yeah. We so, must maybe try to find a spot for you. Yeah, again. I would really like the Christmas it. Christmas drag extravaganza. Yeah, as we do every year. It's, a, it's a, my only one woman show I do every year and people like... Okay, let's try. We'll find a spot for it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay, so <laughs> um, I, at the time that I did it, that was the best show I'd ever done when I did it. And then last year Lovely. when I did that show, that was the best show I had ever done. Oh, I love that. I came here and I did the best show i got full standing ovations both shows it was amazing to come and do it here and um i That's wasn't cool. an icon i was not yeah. but now i fucking am <laughs> hell yeah i am i literally i am yeah. i don't mean to sound funny about it but i am generally clients and companies first go-to booking person for drag right now yeah thankfully i'm very grateful to you know Everyone that likes for a handful me and helps of, for a handful stuff. of reasons. Some of the reasons being um, what you've established and your hard work and your Thank great show, you. but also like yeah, just just yeah, the hard work. Thank you. And you know, I, I speak about it like this because at the end of the day, Adam the drag queen, and this ties into the esoteric reason why I keep the name, is me. Mm. Uh, it is me. I yeah. don't really change when I put on the wig. I don't become like a character, but. Um, Adam the Drag Queen is my company's biggest product. Mm. 
for real. So when I talk first, to you about your first product, right? Yeah. So when I talk to to people about it, and I'm like, she's pretty fucking iconic right now, and it seems a little conceited. Yes, I suppose it is, but I'm just proud of this thing that it took a team of people to build. Yeah, I I drive the sh- this the shit around. I move all of the stuff around, but it's you know, there's wig designers and like clothing designers and we're sitting with like choreographers and we're sitting with tech people and everything and everything comes together to make that thing that we sell so i'm very proud of that thing that we sell i'll tell you that and there you go lovely okay (laughs) uh so i want to just get a little glimpse of of your life i want to see how we've gotten to this adam the 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 drag icon as we speak (laughs) yes um so we've got our four our four great loves okay um which are the films that you've loved across your life. Yes. And uh, the first is your puppy love film. And I'm curious to know what films came to you in like nursery school, primary school. Okay. That, that you loved, that, that you think set you on a, maybe set you on a course or maybe didn't. Well, here's the thing. I've always loved production value. Okay. I love a production value. I love, so what gravitates me, especially towards like, I am, I have, I don't like to be the diva who's like, I have ADHD. I don't have ADHD. But I um, struggle to focus for very long unless I'm being taken on like a journey. And that has always been the same for me like uh, when I was younger or whatever. Yeah. So so when I, the only movies that I've ever really, really loved are like fantasy movies. Movies that like take me into another world and there's like immersive language and like everything was so, so, so cool. Like, when I was younger, I was kind of raised as an only child. Um, so I genuinely only had, like, yes. Where'd you grow up? Uh, in Greenside. Cool. Oh. Joburg. Yeah, really cool. fierce. Really, really fierce. My mom, like, made it. I am colored. Um, so, surprise. Um, so oh, okay. my, my mom kind of, like, I grew up just as my mom started making it after apartheid ended. Okay. So I was, she, like... Always wanted to take him. I mean, she, we, we went to Greensill or whatever. And that also ties into all of this stuff because my mom and I, every Saturday, she used to make it like a big thing. We would go to the cinema at Santon City oh. and we would choose a movie oh, and we lovely. would go and watch it every Saturday for like two years. Well done, mom. And I know. It's really fierce. Every single Saturday. The only movie I didn't watch, which I regret <laughs> not watching, was Robots. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, the animated yeah. robots with Jennifer Coolidge's Aunt Fanny. <laughs> Get into uh, Robin that. Williams was in Robin it. Robin Williams was yeah, in it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, be- Star started cast of robots. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so it was always fantasy movies. What What are some of the big ones that stuck out for you? So I, I want to save it for the teenage section because one okay. of them in particular really, really, really gagged me and continues okay. to gag me. It's like my, <laughs> it's like my go to. I was, oh, I was like gagged. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so I want to save it for that. But like when I was like much younger, I mean, I used to love watching like. Witches and Wizards and Warlocks and stuff. I, mm. It's a, a terrible movie, um, which I since realized as an adult. But like, I was gagged by Aragon. I was like, wow. Aragon. Imagine Aragon. Yeah, because I was like, this, this like whoa (laughs) i was so gagged and i was such a nerdy kid okay i only really got like social and like friends really around grade 10 because i consciously went like i think i need to have friends i gotta i gotta work i gotta work on this yeah yeah it was it was literally like all i do is hang out with my parrot and play skyrim like i need to like be with people what the hell um so because i love other worlds yeah literally 
I just love being somewhere else. So when I was when I was a kid, I don't really remember any standouts. I watched a lot of movies. Okay, but we watched was, movies. But it all was the time. instead of yeah. It's, this is interesting. Instead of one movie, it was this regular movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that almost becomes the film itself. Was just like oh, yeah. the activity of going to the cinema, yeah. loving those those fantasy films. Okay, yeah. well let's dial ahead. Where did we go to high school? <sighs> I went to Cares. Oh, interesting. Yeah, very okay. interesting. So all boys school. All boys school, um, rugby oriented. Quite a, old, quite a traditional You could school. say homophobic. <laughs> you uh, could say I homophobic. Say, yeah, but, <laughs> but did you feel it? Yes, incredibly. From the teachers, from... Actually, in 2020, I don't know if you remember, there was this big uh, hullabaloo what? on the news about like schools coming out as racist and homophobic and people writing I stuff. C- I mean, I could never remember oh, a singular God, moment yeah. when that happens. But <laughs> we all repressed it. Uh, t- uh, at uh, this point, uh, were you coming out? Were I came out? out of cares. You I came did out come of out cares? of cares. I came out in grade eleven, um, and I left shortly afterwards. Uh, I just didn't feel once out. It didn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't a good space. Um, it was, but I was always anxious, and and I mean, I was always anxious there. I had a really, unsurprisingly, the drag queen had a bad time at you know cares, but I I had a really bad time in high school. So I I like. I didn't really want to be around there and feel like the at the time the thing that I thought was the most compromising thing in the world about me was now out in the open and I was like there yeah. for the vultures, you know what I mean? So okay. I left, but in the time that I was there, I mean like again, like I told you, I was like going home playing Skyrim and watching Lord of the Rings. Okay. Watching watching Lord of the Rings I think is an understatement. Yeah. For for what in high school, all I used to watch was the same three comedy specials by a comedian named Dara O'Brien in the UK. The same three ones on YouTube. I would come home and watch them every day, and I would watch all of the rings. Obsessed. Interesting that you were the combination. What was the, what was the comedy? Sorry, I don't know who that comedian um, it's, is. It's 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 like um, observational comedy. I love stand up comedy. I have John yeah. Rivers' signature tattooed on my arm. <laughs> cool. um, I, I and who was the comic? Was the comic a queer comic? No. His okay. name is Dara O'Brien. Uh, yeah. Still is. He's yeah. alive. Um, and I still love his stuff. Uh, but I used to come home. I used to just think he was the funniest person in the world. That's interesting. So there was this combination of fantasy and comedy. Yeah. And how those two sort of just went side by side every day. Yeah. Hell yeah. When, uh, when I was in, in high school too, I also used to like pride myself. So I have like a big CD collection. Yeah. I used to love CDs and DVDs. I used to go to Musica and I would just find like... Little, I used to love, like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but like, building movies like Joyous Noise. But like What's movies Joyous like, Noise? Joy, exactly, right? It was the movie starring Dolly Parton and Queen Latifah Ooh. and two competing church choirs. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I used to love that stuff. I used to love it. Joyous and, and like, Noise. Joyous Noise. That's and cool I name. Used to, and I used to love, um, like, Cadillac Records. Uh, okay. Cadillac Records with Beyonce in it. Did you ever see it? She no. was. I have Edda yeah. James's signature tattooed on me here as well. Beyonce played Edda James, okay. uh, and it was like this beautiful musical biopic. Because I also used to love singing blues and soul, and that was the kind of stuff that I grew up on and, and did. Yeah. Um, and actually, at the tri- it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, I get so sidetracked. Um, okay. No, but one question was so in Kiz, there was no there was no other folks like you that you could find a click with there were there were other there were other so i'd imagine in a boys school with lots of boys there must be some boys that lack other boys well there were right but i don't think i was much of a looker <laughs> when i was okay. 15 um and also 
I wasn't going to try find out. I mean, there were some people where you'd go like, yeah, definitely. Especially as a gay man, you can see. Yeah, but they maybe, you know. didn't, they maybe hadn't admitted it yet. Right. We were all in the closet, you know. Okay. And there was a lot of moments of solidarity where like people who I knew, know who have come out now were like, you know, in high school, they'd be like, hey, do you want to come hang out with us? And we'd like sit and talk or whatever. And there was always like a bond. Yeah. I mean, uh, just the other day, someone from Cares, I was at Babylon working and someone from Cares like tapped me on the back and was like, hey, do you remember me? And she had fully transitioned. Interesting. She was like, I was like, yeah, wow, you were so quiet. She was like, yeah, it's because I'm so trans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, interesting. And not really living. It was crazy in my grade, like I did yeah. PE with her. So, so it was wild. And um, there wasn't really anyone, hey? Okay. There wasn't really anyone that I knew. Do you, do you know who was my best friend? Do you know Brendan Hurley? He works, he used to work at, at um, Even After All. Okay, no. He was the first person that I ever came out to. He was my best friend in school. Okay. And I had such a crush on him. <laughs> um, uh, where did you then go after kids? I went to, so it was literally a spur of the moment decision. Like, my mom picked me up from school and I was like, I don't want to freak you out, but I don't know what you need to do about this. I'm not walking into that school again. Yeah. I said, I don't know what you need to do about it. And I think yeah. she recognized that it wasn't just like, I don't want to go to happy. school. It's it like, was like, I'm, I'm, never I'm gonna not go in going there. there. And she was like, oh my God. So she took, so we went to my voice training and we drove past Abbott's College, Northcliffe, and they were like, uh, year-round enrollments, whatever. So she was like, should we call here? I was like, at this point, call anyway. whoever you want. Yeah, yeah. And we did, and then the next, they, they answered there, right then and there, as we were driving to the thing. I think there are a handful of schools that are there to catch <laughs> the folks like yourself. Yeah. The people that, like, for whatever reason, need a change yeah. mid-semester. Mid Abbott's was that. Okay. And we were driving. They were like, we can see him tomorrow for an interview. I got there. My marks were all right at CARES. I am very academic. I'm very yeah. studious. Uh, nope. I'm academic, not <laughs> studious. I'm good at school. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, don't yeah. sit and study and make no. Everyone used to laugh at me because I'd show up to school with a pen. No books, a pen. And I would be like, this is what we're working with today. I said, I can't write stuff down. I write very slowly in a hilariously slow way. Um, yeah. Like, very slowly. Okay. Noteworthy. My teachers used to always be like, you are not going to be able to do exams. And I was like, well, sorry. What can but you do? Yeah. So I'd be like, i got to listen. And Abbott's, I went in for my interview. They were like, please do it and stay there. And then my marks, like, improved greatly because I didn't need to focus on, like, not dying. Yeah. So that was great. <laughs> um, my fight or flight mode could, like, hang out. And I could, I could yeah. focus on, could like, learning. Yeah. yeah, right. Uh, and then my marks improved greatly. I thrived. I, you know, and I you just got it done. Yeah, health. Can, yeah. Because yeah, some some people, you know, that's their time, and yeah. life would never be the same or as cool as it was. Yeah. And for some people, it's like you just got to get through this, man. You just got to get the high school behind you that's so that I, real life can start. Seeing people who peaked in high school, there was hectic. Yeah, there was definitely that point with me. Like as as fine as it certainly was for me, there was definitely a feeling near the end where I was like, I am very this ready sucks. to move on. Yeah. Like, this I don't want to be spoon-fed. I want to have my own life created for me. Mm. It's also just like, I had, and I think it was cares that caused it, like, a major issue with arbitrary authority. There for the is, sake of it, yeah. Oh, there is nothing that kills me more than unnecessary bureaucracy. Yeah. The minute, I mean, I can't, that's also why I don't have a boss. 
I literally, the minute somebody starts telling me to do something in a way that is like condescending or something like that, which is or just feels or just feels like it's a waste of time. Oh, I'm I'm at a no. Me, me, a 14 year old boy needing to interrupt my lesson to stand up from my chair out of respect for a 15 year old boy that walked into my class because that was the thing I cares. You had to stand up and say good morning, sir, as a class to someone who is like even one grade above you. Uh, I'm like, girl, what, this when, is, he, when he come, when they were to come would into walk the class, into the classroom, the whole class would have to stand up for some reason. Why would say why good would, morning? Why would that person be there to say, to relay a message to the teacher from another teacher oh, to God. drop off yeah. a document yeah. to do, yeah. to sit there? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Got it. it was yeah. like, girl, just because they were older. I was like, y'all cannot do this to me. Y'all okay. cannot convince me that this is right. Um, uh, and they still didn't. And and I have that issue with authority to this day. Yeah. Um, which is why whenever people like at the unnamed venue with, uh, that I was talking about earlier yeah. sends me stupid shit like, um, hey, we're going to sue you for your comments or whatever. I'm always like, okay, so why haven't you? Why would you tell me? Why uh, would you tell me? Why don't you just do it? Yeah. I'm not afraid of people. And... That's also why, like, fantasy movies and stuff like that always made me feel really good. It was like heroes, you know? Yeah, conquering. I, and I was and never a superhero doll, but I love yeah. a witch. I love a wizard. Yeah. I love an elf. I watched, uh, I watched Practical Magic for the first time in a while. Studying. I, I actually never watched it when I was a kid. Somehow it missed me, but okay. we, we did it recently as our date night here. And it was Cute. Nice. It's like sort of witchiness. I love... I, there's the, uh, have you seen The Craft? I know of it, and I was very much uh, a potential audience member when it came out, and it didn't come my way because the reports were, this is not for kids. This is yeah. a bit more sinister. It was quite – it's it's like a cult classic, especially for gays. The cult. The, the cult. <laughs> the craft um, – what is her name? What is her name? Yeah, she's got an she, interesting big mouth. real name. Yeah, yeah. Big Mouth. Mm. Um, kind of like an Arab-sounding name. Yeah. Um, I need to remember her, but I, I, I'm going to call it up while you Feruza talk. Balk. Yeah. Feruza Balk. Um, Feruza Balk in that movie was every emo girl. If you see a girl walking around with a Jack Skellington tattoo on her, yeah. that diva was watching Feruza Balk in the craft doing that. Okay. She, it was everything When to did me. that come to you? I watched the craft for the first time, I think in 2012. Okay, so it's much later. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. This yeah, is yeah. Now, so, so what I'd like to do is you now went to Varsity. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got high school out of the way. Yes. Varsity was Vits. Yes. Okay, and you said indeed. music. Yes. Lovely. Studied music at Vits. That okay. was really fun. <laughs> I'm trying to think, wh- what years were that? Uh, I was in Fismas four years, so like 2016. So was I. Hectic. That Fismas fall, the fees have been trying to fall for a long time. <laughs> we we had days where Var- where where lectures were cancelled yeah. and things like that. But that was... Oh, that no. Was, I was within. I, I was w- 2005 till about seven. Oh, what? Nine. So there were more? Oh, dude, it's been going on That's for ages. That's a gag. That's a gag. Ages. Ours was very intense. We got shot. I got hit with rubber bullets. I got tear gas. Yeah, there's a part of Vitz that that's cool because that's I love it. Vitz has got this great tradition of always being the university where shit got real. Absolutely, and, and where it was people very cool when took that did their happen. lives into their own hands. Tertiary education, mm. especially in the way that we were fed it, it was it's you were telling us that in order to have a life, you needed to have that much money. 
Mm. Because all we heard the whole time was like, if you do not get your tertiary education, mm. you will be a failure. Yeah. You will not make it, which is obviously not true. Yeah. Um, but at the time you're sitting there going like, okay, cool. Well then, am I not entitled to a life? Mm. We fought. Hey, we yeah, fought. However, I will say something though. It was kind of like, Fighting, screaming, throwing up, and then I'd be like, "Okay, I literally can't miss this Portuguese tat, so I'm gonna go <laughs> a quick yeah, second, totally. yeah, and be like, yeah. I'm coming back though, just you know, yeah, yeah, Amanda." Yeah. And then I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm, they're learning Portuguese, and they'll be like, "Thank you so much, Ola," and then I'd be like, "Okay, let's fuck it up." So <laughs> it was very kind of like that. Yeah, it was cool. Um, I, I, I was there for it in in my own way as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. Uh, the craft sort of was coming to you then at a bit of a later stage then. Um, what hit you around Varsity? That That's, so once again, huge gag. I, at, as high school was ending, I entered my first relationship okay. um, with this guy, lovely, lovely guy, Justin, um, who I think blocked me. <laughs> but I see yeah. him all the time. He's a lovely guy. Uh, worked with him he's, he's so sunny was this your first my first ever boyfriend your my first, first ever like, boyfriend and the first person that I ever like was in love with had, so, they, had they been girlfriends uh, in an attempt to see I mean not in an were, attempt you, to see were you were you were pretty um, pretty clear uh, I think I was very outwardly fruity but um, mm. there was a girl that I dated for four days in grade seven okay which was I that, don't think counts was that more of a, a a marketing strategy. I think so. I think it was more of a like, oh, take a breather. Like, I don't need any, no one will think I'm gay now that I have a yeah. girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Um, she, uh, she turned out to be a lesbian. Nice. Fabulous stuff. <laughs> Incredible work. I love to see it. Uh, so good for her. But Okay, um, so now your first relationship, you're at Varsity. He was a film student. Nice. So I... Made you watch all sorts of shit. <laughs> And you hear that you listen, lovely I, guy. So I did film at Vits. So okay. I know I know I know what this yeah. chap was probably exposed to. We were watching the wildest shit. I mean, like, we I, I, I started watching like crazy stuff all the time. I mean, uh got got introduced to The Lobster and uh that director's okay. like line yeah. of films. What's his what's the director's name? He, uh Yorgos Lanthimos. There we go. Work bit. But that was the first time I th- <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, that's also an early A twenty four film. Yeah. Yeah. It's the right? start of A twenty four, the distribution company finding their feet. Yeah. Finding finding some of these weird films and getting them out there. Yeah, so so I was I had to it's almost like I had to deal with films a lot. Yeah. Uh, we did it for two years. Nice. And here's the thing about my, my lovely first boyfriend. Um, he was not studious. So yeah. so I was like, you know, proofreading a lot of essays and like mm. working on a lot of his work with him. Cause I was also like, firstly, very overbearing. And secondly, <laughs> so I just like 18 years old and you're like, yeah. I need to be the reason that you're alive. Like <laughs> I need you. I need you to need me. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to insert myself and yeah. learn about everything so that I can like, you know, do whatever. Yeah. And um, so I got to know a lot of films from there. He studied okay. at Open Window. So oh, then, they would... Oh, he wasn't at Vits? No, no, no. Okay, cool. Uh, he sa- we started dating in high school. We were actually in high school together. Okay. Um, he, uh, okay. Open Window is a great school. Yes, it is. Yeah, well, it's very pretty. I yeah. don't know about how great it is, but it's super pretty. I didn't go there. Yeah. Um, and... There okay. would be like every Friday, every like alternating Friday night was like a horror movie night where they go and watch like an indie horror film or like a Korean horror film or something. And then they'd have to like do a report on it or something. Have you, like seen, have you seen Dark Water? 
I don't think so. The, fir- the original. It was later made as an American one. But I mean, you'd appreciate that. It's um, uh, ja- uh, uh, Korean. Yeah. Korean? Japanese? Shit. Japanese. Okay. Um, we'll do the research. With what is petrifyingly scary is a little girl in a yellow Period. raincoat. Already. Little girl, you've little got Little girl in a, in a yellow raincoat. It's the scariest fucking thing in the world. I... I, as for dark water, I'm scared of water. Let me tell you something. Open yeah. bodies of water, oh. you've got to be out your damn mind. You okay. have got the, there's like that, that, have you, it, when last were you in Sun City? Uh, quite a while ago. Yeah. What, do you remember that lake by the cabanas where they used to like take divas like parasailing? And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You have got to be out your damn mind. They would <laughs> make you fall into, the, on purpose. Yeah, they, they drop you when you parasail and then you. Fall into the water I can't see under. Mm. If a fish touches me, crocodiles, man. You know what? A crocodile. I don't know about a. Cro- it's just a yeah. fish. I don't know what a fish is okay. thinking about. <laughs> I don't know. The, there what are a some fish, fish that would the, just swim away, but like uh, the audacity. They some, have the audacity. Something like a crocodile is going to do more than just. Yeah, I guess swim around you. Okay. I'd rather be hurt than disgusted. <laughs> um, were they, okay, in that in that varsity time, we're. Can you think of some films off the top of your head? Well, I mean, The Lobster was a standout. Lobster. That one really gagged me. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the stuff that we had to work on <laughs> together with, with, with Justin. Um, it, it, <sighs> no, but The Lobster. I he, get, he's got a new one coming out this year. Work. Yeah. Which, but is it which, also incredibly it depressing? It looks wild. Okay, no, stunning. it looks a bit more fantastical, which okay. I think you'd appreciate. But okay, more yay. sci-fi. It's got Emma Love Stone sci-fi. in it. Love sci-fi. And I love Emma Stone. Yeah. So that's really good news for me. I think it'll be one of the sort of Oscar contenders. Yay. That's yeah. exciting. An yeah. Oscar sci-fi moment, like, since Interstellar hasn't really... Yeah. Unless I'm not paying attention, which no, I'm no. kind of not. No. Um, but th- thinking, okay. thinking back on that time period as well, a lot of it did feel like work. So there was actually a period of time, especially after Justin and I broke up in 2017, where I wasn't like really watching anything or like consuming any media of that kind. Okay. So I was like, well, now I don't need to see anything. Yeah. I was like, I'm not doing it. I You've say that, but then, it, but then one of the standout movies for me from 2017, which was when I was like in what, second year of varsity, uh, was um, Atomic Blonde. Oh, Atomic Blonde. Cool. Loved that. It's Charlize Theron. Uh, it's either Charlize Theron or Scarlett Johansson. The, the, it's one of the two. No, it's, I think it's, 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 it's Charlize. Okay, Slay. I feel like you're right. <laughs> if there was a person who'd know it would be you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I I like I, I had like some standouts in that regard, but again, it was just always like comfort stuff for me. I do a lot of video games and a lot of like I love long form narratives. Um mm. so Yeah, it was Charlie Stone. And I was oh, period. King of knowledge. <laughs> That's why you are the foam guy. Um so, so I had like a lot of narrative stuff and um, I took quite a long break from, from films from then on. I did a lot of gaming and I did a okay. lot of series. I love like, yeah. and I got into horror yeah. uh, from, from like going to all those things with Justin and like doing all that. I got into horror because when I was young, I was petrified. I mean, mm. like, obviously that's the point, right? Yeah. But I was like scared. I remember in... 2013, when I decided it's time for Friends, I was like, I spoke to some people and I was like, we're going to go watch the movie. They were like, we're watching The Conjuring in cinemas. Mm. So I was like, 
Mm. Y'all have got to be out your mind. I went there with a, I'm not joking, with a sleep mask and earplugs. Oh, shit. And I sat there with the sleep mask and the earplugs like this the whole time, like yeah. just peeking underneath and then like hiding it away when it got like too intense. There was a sweating. There was a film called Talk to Me that recently came I out. I watched Talk to Me. Yeah. I sure. just watched Talk to Me. Talk, what, what's the premise of it? Again? It's with the hand. Yes. That's and they, of, the teens get like possessed. Yeah. And the teens have these parties where they communicate with the dead. Truly Fuck. hectic. Fuck Truly hectic. I wouldn't normally seek it out, but the video store got us at a premiere. We had we could invite some guests. We yeah. were all, we had so much fun. Yeah, but it was like it was a real like spooky, spooky film. It's really scary. I I like I got into horror movies and stuff like that um, from then, but specifically slash not to go back to A24 on a film podcast. Can you mm. imagine? Yeah. Um, talking about A24, the film podcast. Um, but uh, Pearl and X. Specifically Pearl. Have you seen it? Pearl? Yeah. No. Have you seen X? No. Oh my God. Okay, so they are... Pearl like, as in like Pearl. Yeah, Pearl. Pearl. Um, so X came out first. Okay. And let me just give you the premise. It's like, a, it's the 70s and it's a group of, um, I guess it, they're performers, but it's like kind of just people trying to make it with like strippers and like just random guys. It's like, okay. Whatever. Um, and they're like, we're going we're gonna to film porn. This okay. is going to be our thing. It's like starting to get really big right now. Okay. Let's this do is it. A, this is a film. Yes, yes, yes. So this so is they, X. This is X, which okay. came out first. But okay. chronologic so it's part of three movies. The last one isn't out yet. All of which are starred in by Mia Goth. Excuse okay. me. Um, Mia Goth, by the way, was snubbed for an Oscar for Paul. Okay. I have not she has a ten minute monologue at the end of Paul where the camera just gets closer and closer to her face over the course of ten minutes, where she like for the okay. first time, loudly I've seen admits. This, I've seen this poster, yeah. Yeah, where the first time she loudly Mia admits Goth. that she is like a psychopath. Okay. And she's coming to terms with it. Have okay, you seen so the she, she was in X as well. Yes. She okay. stars as many characters in X, kind of giving, um, uh, what's her name? She played the White Queen in Narnia. She was also in Suspiria, also an incredible Tilda. Movie. Tilda Swinton. Good energy. old Tilda Swinton. Tildina. Yeah. So, so okay. X, and they go there, and they're on this farm, um, and things go awry. Okay. Right. All right. But the film style, especially of of the the cinematography of Pearl, which came out later, but Pearl is about um, basically it's, the ladies' farm. Yeah, but it's all in the on. same universe. It's all in the same. Of, yeah, it's a sequel, so yeah. to speak. Pearl takes place in like the thirties. Okay. Um, all it right. Is in. And she's and her whole thing is she wants. Have you seen the memes of like, no, please, I want to be a star. I'm a star. Like she's no, screaming. I haven't seen that. No. You need to watch Paul. I think we have different meme algorithm bubbles. <laughs> you yeah. need okay. to watch Paul. Cool. I love this. I love the fact that here I am trying to help you rent something <laughs> from our video store, but you, you, you kidding me? So okay. Um, this point, I would love to ask what you what. The film is you could settle down with. That I can watch always. That you can watch always. That if you had to marry it. If I had to marry it. You know, the uh, one that's always there for you. Um, if there is a film yet. Can it, can it, can it be a series and can it, it can be, be Lord of the Rings? Yeah. 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 
I know, I know, I kind of hopped on about well, it. I mean, that's a, that's a film. That's a film Yo. in general. It's a trilogy, but it's it's film. It's not a TV show. Yeah, the Peter Jackson. Well, it is a TV show now. Yeah, well, now it is. Did you watch that? I did watch it. Did it? It's deliver? not true to Soth. Soth. The Soth <laughs> material. The material. It's not. <laughs> it's not super true to source material, but you can tell that it's the most expensive show that was ever made because it yeah. is. No. Um. It's, it's that's rocket money. Un- <laughs> it is <laughs> literally um, and a billion dollars, and it yeah. shows. Yeah, and it and a, shows. And a massive chunk of that was just to get the rights oh. for a section Incredible. of Middle Earth yeah. literature. Yeah, yeah. incredible. Okay. Um, it was it was it was great visually. Not fun for source material, but fun to watch. Okay. And it has that. You know what I love about um, it was uh, Rings of Power. Is Rings what of it was Power. Called, and it was yes. on Amazon. Yes, yes, yes. Um, what I love about the Lord of the Rings films that I think is lost on Marvel and DC and other hero villain based yeah. kind of like things sure. as in like mystical heroes and like sure. legends um, is there is a kind of corny heroism that is so perfectly to me executed in Lord of the Rings a va- valiance mm-hmm. that is executed in Lord of the Rings that doesn't come across in like Marvel movies, for example, where it's like, you know, fun one-liners and like... It's quippy. Like quippy one-liners. It's like, we need to make sure the Earth is saved. Do, 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 do. And then it's the next movie. It's like, I don't like that. Yeah, sure. Um, But in in Lord of the Rings, it's like there are stakes. People are dying. It felt more real despite it being completely fantastical. Of course, in a way. And it's like... I, I obviously uh, I need to say Peter Turin because <laughs> I was Peter thinking of Peter Jackson. Jackson. Um, obviously, Peter Jackson captures that really perfectly from Tolkien's like writing and stuff. Did you read the books? Um, I've read The Hobbit. I've read one of The Hobbit, and I want to start reading The Silmarillion. Yeah. I don't know if I want to re- read Lord of the Rings. Yeah, sure. Because you know what, I I fall asleep at night to Lord of the Rings lore discussion things. Mm. I, I I like to do something I don't know about. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what I wish they did with with Rings of Power, actually, because the Silmarillion is like where it's really kooky, ooky. You know, mm. Lord of the Rings is kind of like there's armies and you can get it and follow, but like Silmarillion is like it's angels and giant spiders and like it's much more fantastic. Okay, there's yeah. Nothing like did, that. That, was that something he wrote? At the very end, uh, I'm not sure timeline wise. Okay. I can't speak on that, but I know that the actual context of what's taking place happens long, thousands and thousands of years before the what the events of Lord of the Rings. Oh, Silmarillion's a, pre- a prequel, essentially. Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. They talk about. Oh. Yeah, it was probably written afterwards. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole there's a whole <laughs> army of people that are shouting at us right now, telling <laughs> yeah. us telling us what what it is. But that's yeah, okay. No, but that's cool. So Lord of the Rings is your one. Lord of the, the one to rule them all. So. Yeah, because that's what we like about the, the, the film you'll settle down with is it could have been your high school sweetheart or it could have oh. been your puppy love that you that you was always there for you and and, it and that's what you peace. Yeah, that's it lovely. brings me peace. Also just like everything about it. I actually I wanna I wanna show you wow. You see, this is what happens when I'm off my phone for literally one second. Yeah, look at that. All um, those messages. Nightmare. Uh, and I don't reply to any of them. <laughs> it's so great. I literally, I get anxious. Um, the other day, I got invited to this costume party and I was like, one of the things I've always really wanted to do was like, um, kind of like elven makeup kind of thing. And I was taking a break from drag, but uh, I had elf, all these costumes. Like, like as in like an elf from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Or like, a, or like, 
I don't know, a more traditional, like a, the, the goal that I was going for was like wood elf. And after I did it, I did it. I think I did a, a 70%. I, I would give myself seven out of 10 for the job because considering it was the first time that I'd done any makeup like that before. Mm. Um, but I was like, this is something I really want to do in my drag. Like Lord of the Rings kind of inspires me beyond just like peace and quiet. It like makes me want to work at it. Um, like when I did this kind of thing hold on oh wow yeah when i did okay. like I see proper like elf, i wanted to look like an elf from lord of the rings okay like, with yeah the war you, paint you, you're sort of manly but done up yes exactly so you that. got this like fabulous hair but you got like yes a, exactly a manly beard and sort of exactly warrior outfit. and i had this like whole um not even warrior outfit i wanted to do like high elf like kind of like oh, huge cool. flowy royal court kind of stuff um, how how much of your life is is you literally just doing makeup? You know, I'm pretty fast at it now. Okay, I'm pretty but I mean, fast, is it, it's it like it's a, a considerable chunk of your life. Yeah, is is the do up? People don't people don't realize, especially people who book me when I when I give them my fee. I'm like, you're not just booking me to show up. You're booking me for the three hours beforehand okay. that I'm going to sit and rearrange. It's your, yeah, my it's face. your it's your sound check. It's your yeah. setup. It's your. I look like a diff. I look like a different person. Yeah, That's the, the thing with my drive. and the more hours that you have the better your show and product is yeah but would you say like a considerable chunk like an unsu- like a surprising amount of your life is you doing is me makeup? doing makeup not anymore no okay i would say in the first i would say in i would say last year was a lot last year i mean the whole thing that we sold it about this was like mm. you know this is my 130th show this year like let's do some something big i mean that's already nearly a thousand hours of just doing makeup wild so so I was like That's lovely, man. Yeah. I was like, girl, <laughs> maybe. Um so you've just had a big thing happen. Is there yeah. something else coming up soon that you um, excited about? Like right now I'm kinda in chill mode. We obviously have our ra- it was kinda weird. Last night I did quiz night and I was You host a quiz night? I do. I host the quiz night. Um, the quiz night. Okay, I do. I host that, the street bar at a street bar named Desire. Cool. In um, Rosebank. Uh-huh. When I, is that? Every? Every second Wednesday. Cool. So so I, I host that quiz night. We've been doing that for years. One of my favorite. It's it's genuinely my favorite quiz night to go to. And I've been to a lot. And, and I do rate it as literally one of the best. Like people have the time of their lives. Do you we come up DJs. with the, the, the questions? Yeah. We write our own questions every week. We come up with our own stuff. We don't source anything outside of us. So, so it's always an original quiz every single time. Um, And and I was doing that, but it's quite a small gig um, Mm. compared to all the stuff that we've been doing. I was just on like Espresso, and I hosted Mr. Gay World two weeks ago. Oh, cool! Yeah, because they did it here. So, so I hosted that, which was like oh, world, yeah, Yeah, Mr. Gay World, like people flying up. I I'm sure there must have been a nice networking thing for you. Of course it was, yes. And one of the people, actually, um, he was first runner-up. He is from the UK. And he is friends with like so many artists that I like. Lovely. <sighs> inspired by. And he said, if you ever... He replied to my, my post from... I, I sang I Dreamed a Dream on the tour. And he replied to my post from the video at the Pretoria stop. And he was like, if you're ever in London, please just let me know. I will yeah, give you whatever you've got a shows you want. Yeah. Like, let's do something. It's like, wow. What the... the you know, what is the section of these beauty pageants where you've got to do a performance or a yeah, show? Yeah, the talent section. The talent section. Uh-huh. The gay one must be <laughs> fucking amazing. Well, d- y- drag pageantry 
is a it's one of the things that started drag in the U.S. anyway. But in the gay Miss Mr. Mis, Mr. Gay, it wasn't. It's not drag, right? No. Okay. Some of them did drag. No, no one did drag, but except for Thailand. Thailand was serving. She was at the wrong pageant. She okay. should have had her wig on. Um, what were some of the? Maybe we can end off with this. What were some of the fun highlights of the talent competition? The, so, so, <laughs> so, so the talent section. I mean, I don't know if there was like a big talent section per se, but there was a section about like your homegrown whatever something. Okay, something that's going to represent your country. Yeah, your country. Okay, and the stuff that these folks, especially. Oh my god. I have to speak on Thailand because I yeah. think Thailand's entire presentation was the talent section. Yeah. Um, there was a Thailand, the, the representative from Thailand, which I love for Mr. Gay World. Yeah. I love that they didn't bring like a hyper masculine person. They brought a queen. Yeah. They brought a, an F slur <laughs> to the yeah. function. She was gay, gay. So there was one of the sections, for example, was like the sport, like they had to have athletic wear. Okay. This little okay. diva. Because <laughs> everyone else was like, you know, kind of like walking around and doing like whatever. Showing this a bit of manliness. diva, yeah. I could tell, was so committed to the bit, but had no idea what any of these sports entailed. Her plan was to do the presentation <laughs> and do like <laughs> a little bit of every sport. Okay. that she could think of yeah. so she entered and she was like pretending to like throw a basketball but in like the most homosexual way <laughs> pretending to throw a basketball and then he would like swing a bat and like yeah. play tennis it was so stupid and at the end he would like kick a ball and it'd be like <laughs> and walk over. I was in stark contrast to every other person yeah. and I think that the other contestants were sweating a little bit because the audience was like where's they, Thailand yeah we love where's Thailand. Thailand and we want Thailand back so so they were sweating bullets who, for Thailand who won um Guam interesting Guam won I hope he's not listening but I was very shocked that he won okay um I thought that the presentation was very lackluster okay. and that the garments that were showcased, like it wasn't great, but I don't know what they were doing leading up. Uh, but sure. I mean, ultimately also based on handsomeness. Or um, he was very handsome, but like, for example, I really do mean it that that guy that I met from the UK, his presentation was really fierce and he's really handsome. And he did, he did like for formal wear, he did, Something that can so easily be very corny because we see it all the time mm-hmm. and very poorly executed. But for former way, he came out in like this outfit that said trans rights are human rights. Yeah. But not in like a... On a suit. Sort of a suit, stitched on like, a suit. Um, rhinestoned onto a oh. suit. But not in a way that made the suit look cheap. Okay. He looked like he was in an expensive garment, which is important, I think, yeah. for pageantry. Um, uh, in an expensive garment that actually did have a really solid message and he seemed yeah. like he believed everything that he was saying. Yeah. You know, some of some of the contestants I could tell were like not ready for a question. Yeah. They were not ready to be asked anything. They were <laughs> like, I am very gorgeous. Huh. So please don't ask me about children. But yeah, I think that's the same with also the standard pageants is that they can be pretty faces, but they you might not... Think. Like there's that one that went viral of the woman South Africa with the South Africas <laughs> in the South Africa. Where everyone's like, what, what, why did we come up in this? Winging it. <laughs> Winging it. I love yeah. it. Yes, ending too close to the sun. Yeah. Icarus, I'm telling you. 
Um, but but, but the, the, the pageant, it was, it was great. They had like big fucking light up costumes. Wait, and you hosted it? I hosted it, yes. Love. I was the MC with so another cool. incredible MC. He used to, used to be a really successful host. His name is Danilo Acquisto. Mm. Um, he used to host on like Hectic 99 and on like SBC3 yeah, and Espresso yeah, and yeah. stuff. So, so I hosted it alongside him and uh, that was... But that's such a nice thing for your CV and I think that could yeah. only lead to more gig. So that's, that's cool. the goal. Yeah. That's the goal. Like, at the end of the day... Um, it's relationship and reputation. On my, in, at the end of my 30s, I could tell if someone says, what's the one piece of advice? It's like, it's relationship and reputation. Yeah. That's it. Hell yeah. And you've got you to work really hard at that. And you've got to deliver the goods. It's such a specific... Yeah, that's the re- that's the reputation. It's like knowing I, that you show up. I tell you know? my do- I tell my drag daughters this a lot. I have two drag daughters. You're gonna have to explain what that is. Um, basically, like <laughs> younger drag queens that more experienced drag queens mentor into like Got polished it. performers and polished cool. um, personalities. At least my girls are personalities. So not in like a rude way. And the irony is that they could be older than you. But because they knew... Yeah, of course. They're they're your daughter in this case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a cool term. So, so... I'm learning every day. Oh my God, guys. Just my mind is expanding. (laughs) Galaxy braining in the the (laughs) bioscope right now. Um, I wish you guys could see it. So, uh, so, so I always tell them like, even literally today, I left my house and one of my daughters was there. Um, I said like, because I had, I had an issue with a, a very big client that booked me. And we fought and we fought and I'm a fighter. Oh, yeah. baby, I'm a fighter. Um, and I was like, wait a minute. This is ridiculous. Why am I doing this? I was like, these people aren't my friends. I'm not like betrayed by these people. These are, this is work. Mm. A- apart from the fact that genuinely, genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, I felt like a piece of shit for yelling and fighting. And yeah. it drains me to yell and fight. Yeah. And they were actually doing their best. And it was just a series of really terrible mistakes. Sure, sure, but, sure. But um, I was explaining to, uh, to, to, to my daughter Zabski, because she's also feisty. Mm. I was like, use it. But the thing that I've learned the most is that it, when you hit your hand with a hammer by mistake... Mm. Don't yell at the hammer. Yeah. Do you know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. Don't yell at the hammer. You won't break the hammer. Mm. Do not break your tool that you needed to hammer the nail in. Do not sever your connection that you needed to get a job. You don't need to be friends with people to keep civil, nice, lovely relationships mm. with them such that you are guaranteed a continuous stream of income. Mm. It's like you're not going to break your tools. To get your yeah, outcome. Yeah, it's sort of in the realm of don't bite the hand that feeds you. Of course, of course. Yeah, to some even degree, if, yeah. Even yeah. if it was the hammer that hurt you. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, okay, cool, well, this is how we can improve next time and this is how, you yeah. know, we can do whatever. There's a long game, which is like... Of course. You can, you can play drag until you are one of those right. old cigarette-smoking yeah. drag queens. This, <laughs> Which this, I hope I'm not. No, but, but I'm saying that the job can be that. Of course. You, you, you know, you're not a sports person where you can only do this in your 20s. And yeah, of course. God help you injuries. that you are able to commentate. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, it's a life of something Pain. else. But, but you, yeah, you've you got to see that bigger picture and, and, and how you hold people dear yeah. and is important, yeah. It's not, a, it's not about sucking up. It's about stoicism. It's about looking opportunity in the face and, and, and adapting instead of throwing your toys out of the cart. Mm. It's the same as 
Um, drag queens like to fight with one another. Drag queens are rude and horrible. Um, and I, my relationships with 90% of the drag queens that I've ever worked with is fantastic because I know how to have good relationships. Um, but the girls that I have bad relationships with are because they are unrelentingly terrible to be around. And I, and I say that yeah. with gusto. I mean it. Like, yeah. they are horrible to work with. Yeah. They are horrible. But then you won't include them and you won't That's do That's what I'm and, saying. And, then and I am one of the, the biggest drag booking agents in our country. Yeah. So I'm like, you are making me, the person who is booking you, not want to even be in the same room as you. Yeah. There are many queens that are, who I don't like, and that can go on the record. There are many queens who I don't like, but I will book. Yeah. Because you're... I'm not booking, this is not RuPaul's best friend race. Yeah. I am not booking you because I like you. I'm booking you because I'm committed to the job and you do a great and job. And you do a good job. Yeah, I yeah. don't need you to be nice. I need you to be professional and mm. I need you to be civil. And that's what I try and tell people, uh, or at least like the people that I have the opportunity to like mentor and work with. But that could be, it's so, it's so funny. But I mean, that translates to literally everything. Yeah. You don't need to be a bitch. It's, it's the music world. It's, yeah. it's, it's everything. You anyone, don't, anyone's company is the same. So it's, yeah. It's you just, don't need to be a fucking nightmare. You yeah. actually don't. Yeah. And I, I, I can be, trust me, I really, really can be. But that, it's because of that and because of picking and choosing the right moments that, that, uh, for that, that our company has managed to open so many doors for drag artists. Yeah. And, and I myself have managed to make a full-time living off of doing drag in a way that gives me a good life. Yeah, you know, great, I'm a homeowner now. Yeah, I, like I, I literally, I could have never expected when I was like destitute in 2021, being like, I guess I have to cross-dress at this bar. Or just that uncomfortable dude and cares like absolutely that I'd be like a 25 year old homeowner because I'm a 26 year old homeowner because I'm a drag queen but you, like but you'd also you just be so happy and confident in yourself of you know? course of course but again it's not it's not even like a, a self-aggrandizing thing it's more a thing of like you guys have to choose when to be strong and when to fight and when to do all that because we have to yeah. as drag artists you have to fight for a little bit more respect generally mm. you have to like always be a bit more direct and a bit more demanding not need more things but a bit more like hey why why can't you guys give me a bottle of water but or, that's the same for any I, artist I honestly that's the same for a comic that's the same uh, for a absolutely. musician where it's like you 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 can respectfully say i, I would like this and i would like yeah. that and it's and always it's it's like different sides of the spectrum and why we need to fight you know like you know, for th with musicians, especially as someone who is and was a full-time musician before, is like the the mentality of always being like, "Well, there's a million of y'all, so we can just replace mm. you. It doesn't matter. You mm. don't need to do like whatever." What were you playing? And, uh, uh, I sing. I'm a singer, but okay. I used to do keys and I wrote. That's so, so I yeah, we got the whole shebang. And all of that yeah. just comes into the into the right. formula now. Right, it's great. Um, uh, so so I used to do that, and it's with drag. It's like you guys are clowns. Yeah. Which was generally, it's like, you, we're doing you the favor by bringing you here. And you kind of have to be like, no, 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 no. You're making money from me being here. Yeah. I'm making what you pay me. Mm. We're benefiting off each other. And mm. that was the big thing that our company stood for. And, and like, it's just about picking and choosing your battles. 
That's no, that's the best advice course. that I no, can give, especially to any drag queen. If it is. And anyone, it's not just drag queens. Yeah. It's like it's so funny. It's such a universal thing. Yeah. But listen, I I think we uh, could talk about this forever. I think so too. I'm having uh, fun. <laughs> I would uh, love to rent you Dark Water. I think that'll be fun. I will watch the hell up out of Dark. It's Water. a nice, uh, scary Asian film. Yes. Just to take you back yes. to those those varsity horrors. 2016, um, baby. But yeah, lovely man. Thank you for. Thank you for popping in. So honored to be here. Please invite me all the time. (laughs) No, I just think that it's the chance for someone who who perhaps doesn't know the scene or the world. I just, you know, can just get a glimpse into it, see how you operate. I think it's inspiring for someone to go, I can make a career out of my passion. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's lovely. And also just how you build something on good foundations yeah you know and you built it from a place of perhaps necessity but you 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 built it with integrity and and that that those things ultimately last right right i i'm i'm honored to be here and i'm really really to be honest like one of the biggest jumps in my career was because you guys gave me the space to do it oh thank you really and i I mean that we we felt immediately that this was such a cool, different thing. Mm. I wanted the Bioscope to be a space that was friendly to yeah. to all these kinds of things. And I love having a meeting new people that do it all the time. Yeah. And yeah. it was just, we're all, you know, everyone raises everyone, you know, yeah. whether you, Carla, who does the Life's a Queer, Queer Beret at us or the Nightmares, like yeah, everyone just raises everyone. And I think yeah. that's lovely. Of and course. let's get it. Let's get a drag extravaganza back. Hell yeah! I mean, it's you very we much just anticipated. To, we just got to do it. It's, uh, it's always nothing super stopping anticipated. us from. We must just find the date and do it. Well, literally, I okay. mean, historically, every year so far we've done it on the 18th of December. This time it's on a Monday though, so maybe okay. the 17th okay. or maybe the 16th. Okay, I will, I will, I will give you a date. Okay, and yay. Let's do it. Okay, and then yeah, maybe we time this episode. It should actually be timed accordingly yeah. to to then promote that that's so exciting okay, i love cool. to see it Russell, <laughs> all right adam you. thank you for your time man thank you okay <laughs> cheers Bye. all right mm. what a what a happy chap mm. <laughs> Uh, I really appreciate a, a person who sings an answer to you. <laughs> we've never had a we've never had a guest sort of respond in song yeah. to answer a question. But super happy dude, um, and yeah, I just have lots of respect for all the work hmm. that he does. Right, and yeah. then when she performs, she's incredible. Yeah, amazing. Absolutely the most incredible, incredible voice yeah. and just what a presence to have in our little cinema. So we recorded that in December and we had every intention of trying to get the Christmas drag extravaganza back. But um, too much was going on his side. Uh, he was right. a bit overwhelmed and we couldn't make it happen. But uh, we had every intention of trying to bring it back. But hopefully uh, the drag extravaganza can return. Um, but I do speak about the other drag performers we've had at the Bioscope, <clears throat> one of which is uh, Carla Marx, who puts on uh, Life is a Queer Beret, and uh, that's going to come in Feb. Oh, so nice. guys can look out for that and get that your tickets. That was a fun show. Nice at, at the Bioscope. That's that's nice because it's not just a one-person show. There's, there's, there's a whole troupe. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was so funny. I saw, I, I didn't attend it myself. I had managers look after it and I saw some of the footage afterwards. And like one of the drag performers was doing like a magic show that involved oh, that's fire. Oh, that's the one I was here. It involved fire. Oh. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and so I messaged Carla afterwards. I was like, I think we need to know what everyone's going to do. Yes. <clears throat> and I just need to make sure that my cinema is okay. Yes. Because like right by your projector screen. Yeah, with lots of respect to the performer, yeah. and I'm sure they did a great job, but it's like accidents do happen. Yes. Yes. And sometimes it can be out of your control and like, oh. <laughs> but it's always fun and it's always amazing. One thing I wanted to clear up, which I know you guys will know, so mm. I didn't need to do the research, is when did the Silmarillion come out as a book? Was it uh, a Silmarillion? That's what I said. No, you said Sol. The, you you, know, you the threw a D in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> S- Marillion. Yes. The Silmarillion. Yeah. I don't know why you think I'd know that. I know what they are. I don't know when it came out. It was post Lord of the Rings. It was post Lord. Yeah. It was post Lord of the Rings in terms of how Tolkien released it, right? Yes. Yeah. Didn't um, Christopher Tolkien release that? All the supplementary writings? I've got a feeling they found Possibly. it and they put it together afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Like he'd perhaps already died by yes. then. Um, and then... In terms of the universe, mm. uh, the contents of which is a prequel. Yeah. Yeah. It's like okay. creation, myth, Middle Earth. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We Just to fill that in, because we, when we're having the chat, we're like, I'm sure there's a bunch of Lord of the Rings yes. fans <laughs> that are like, never tell you. <laughs> well, actually. Um, but yeah, lovely to have you guys. And of course, we spoke at the start of the day about um, the Bioscope doing this exciting upgrade. Yes. Um, That's what's kept me busy this last week and kept the bioscope a little quiet. So actually Mm -hmm. at the end of the week last week, I was like, I think I need to explain why you're not hearing much from us. Yes. And there were one or two people that responded with like, I was wondering (laughs) what was happening to the bioscope. Yeah, my mom was doing a bake on Thursday. And then I was like, let me just check if there's no show. Oh, there's no show? There's no show on Thursday? Yeah. I'll do them tomorrow. Yeah. To the public, we started a bit quiet, but what was actually happening was this huge upgrade so basically what it is um is that when cinemas around the world stopped uh, screening off real mm-hmm. they had to come up with a digital equivalent that not only kept uh, a quality but also enabled some sense of security so basically you get this very encrypted file that no one else can play no one can play Unless you get a key generated for you and um, that key unlocks it specifically for your cinema. Mm. Your cinema room gets unlocked and you can only get that file, you can only get that account, you can only get that film if it is a quality that the distributors um, are happy with. So it's got to be a certain kind of projector. So, like, you can play... So, the whole thing is called DCP, Digital Cinema Projection. You can get a DCP player on a laptop. You can play a DCP file. But you wouldn't get it. You wouldn't be able to have an account with these big distributors unless you've got a a projector that they are happy with and a serial number that they, like, agree on. Sure. So, it's to maintain that quality. Yeah. and 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 yeah, it's 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 exciting. And so the bioscope obviously looked at it when we started back in 2010, yeah. and so it was a 
cool million. Yes. Well over a million. And we were like, oh, no, we'll never be able to afford that. <laughs> so we've always sat at this other table in our, in our cinema world, right? Mm. We've done more local stuff, more independent. And then every now and again, we've had to kind of ask a special favor to allow a distributor to give us this file without it being a DCP because we couldn't, we didn't have right. it. Yeah. And that's tough and that's mm. hard. And you got to go out hunting and you got to be a very good hunter and a nimble hunter <laughs> to find the right distributor that's willing to do this. Yes. Where now we've been able to set up accounts with the big distributors of films. Yeah. We are obviously, here's the most important part, not going to take every film. Yes. We still want some curation. And so the Bioscope is still going to choose the films that work for our audience yeah. and work as the Bioscope, which we'll get into as to what that is. But here are these like big pipelines with lots of films coming down. Yeah. And that's a big relief for me. That's exciting where you know like the Joker, uh, the new Joker. That's yes. Bullock song, yeah. It's coming. It's there. It's on a date. Cool. I can see it. I know exactly which date it's coming. Okay. Wild. Give or take perhaps some delay. Yes. But it's pretty much guaranteed it'll be then. And that's quite exciting for the yeah. Bioscope. So that we can pre-sell. We can event. Yeah. We, you know, the big, the big question we asked ourselves in the beginning was what's going to make the Bioscope different? Why mm. would you come to the Bioscope if we're now just like any other cinema? Yes. But I think over the last 13 years, we've really built... And especially now with our location at 44 Stanley, we've built a lovely experience yeah. and we can do a great experience. And so now we can be your cinema of choice mm. for these films because we can perhaps have a special introduction or we can have a discussion afterwards or yeah. we can play certain things before. We can have a cocktail that matches the film or we can put the topping Wait, on the pizza. Don't give you know. any ideas. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, but but we could do that because we're nimble, we're small, yes, and and, yes. and we're boutique, and and I think that's exciting. Mm. It's really cool that or to witness, and anyone that's been following the bioscope over these years, to witness how the bioscope's been built, and that you've done that without a DCP. Yeah, right? yeah. So if you know the industry, it's like amazing. There's people that are like, how, how, what? How do you? How do you? How do you not have DCP? Yeah. And so, yeah, and it was just one of those, like, it had to, we had to grow up in mm. that sense. We had to do that um, because just, just on the last little sort of industry point, which I think is interesting, is that the Bioscope always championed local films. Yes. And, and local films for many years, at least the history of the Bioscope, always did a cinema release. I don't think it necessarily did very well for, for, for South African films. Uh, it was a, always a challenge because... Mm especially with mainstream cinemas, you'd be on for a week or two and then when the new Spider-Man came out, like you, yeah. got, you got, you unfortunately, there's only so many cinema rooms and yes. often the South African films did suffer. Yeah. But at the Bioscope, we always championed it and did it, right? Mm -hmm. But those film, those filmmakers and those production companies are getting a lot of work for streamers, which is cool yes, and exciting and great for them. They're probably making more than they could before they're doing well they're making great stuff so i'm not saying it like a bad thing but us as the cinema yeah we're not getting that many films down that pipe yeah and so that's when we were like right. okay we've got to change our mm. our pipelines now so we'll still do all that stuff we'll still do the locals we'll still do the all the annual stuff that we do on certain days every yes. year 
Um, you can still hire the bioscope. So there'll still be all that we did. Yeah. Um, but now when the holdovers comes around, when these, yeah. these films uh, get released and the release schedule is so exciting, like perhaps we can, this can now get into the other films that are coming out this year, but there's that, there's like a sneaky little Ryan Gosling film that's going to come out oh, middle yeah. of the year called The Fall Guy. Oh, yes. And no one's really talking about it because it's still quite far away. Yes. But it's him being that like funny Ryan Gosling, which we know is great. Yes. yes. You know, you saw it shine in Barbie. It, it showed up in Nice Guys and, yeah. you know, when he started getting funny. You know, he was the dreamboat. <laughs> then he did everything he could to fight that image. Yes. Because he's like, I don't want to be the Hugh Grant romantic comedy or I don't want to be the romance guy. The heartthrob. So, yeah. So then he made some fucking crazy movies, like Only God Forgives, yes. and like oh, these are wild, violent that was such movies. A heavy movie. He mm. did everything he could to break that persona. Yeah. yeah. But now he's having fun, where he's getting more um, comical. Yes. And so a movie like that is perfect, I think, for the bioscope. Yeah. Mm. We're not going to be pretentious art house. Mm. We're going to be fun, and we're going to. I'm excited for the kids stuff. Oh uh, yeah. Inside Out Two is coming. Yeah. You know, and some of these older ones that I think you said, Cole, they're going to re-release a bunch that came out during COVID. Yeah, it was They're going to give them cinema Luca, releases. Oh, cool. And yeah, they announced like a whole stream of, oh, and Turning Red. Yeah, all the films that released during lockdown. That's cool. They're giving them a cinema re-release. Because those were all like good movies that kind of flew under the exactly. radar. And nice. um, even this latest one, Wish, apparently is amazing. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I've heard nothing but bad things. Yeah, same. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I've been on the TikTok like dragging it under the you guys yeah well you guys are 30 year old single males yeah. <laughs> not single but i mean you don't have kids excuse yeah. me i also grew up on disney i love me a good disney no sure but coming uh, i heard from um, a good friend and listener of the podcast jenny who has um a, a kid and she was like it's great yeah you know, I, totally. I think, I think sure. that's something a lot of like the letterboxed crowd yes yeah. will ignore who the film's actually for. No, totally. It's for kids. Yeah. Totally. So as long Look as it, it from that point. That. Yeah. Um, but what have we been watching? What have we been enjoying? So I haven't been watching a lot of movies because mm. I've I've inadvertently fallen down a Pokemon rabbit hole again. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Which has got a bit of a story to it if you guys are keen to hear it. Um, but then this weekend I watched Galaxy Quest because that landed on Netflix. We watched oh, it recently, like a, a year ago movie. or something. Did we? Yeah, we watched it together again after a while. Maybe it was like in like I university. I never remember watching it with you. And it was it's tremendous. It's amazing. It's yeah. so it's funny. a lovely movie. Um, and then quick back, back, yeah. quick back of the box of Galaxy Quest. Tim Allen is mm. is the sort of star of like he's Captain Kirk. Yeah, yeah it's like a Star Trek. Yes. I don't know whether it was it, quite serious. No. It I was mean, a like more very spoofy, much, yeah. but but it, but he was the star of it of a t of a space TV show. Yeah. Um. But he's just an actor. Meanwhile, um, actual aliens um have tuned in to try and find someone to help them with their actual crisis. Yes. Out in another part of the we actual have galaxy. Been watching your historical yeah. archives. <laughs> and uh, they've tapped into this TV show, the Star Trek TV show, and so they hunt down the actual actor yes. played by a washed up Tim Allen. And they get them to um, help them, but of course they they are just actors. Yeah, and um, they actually get to sort of live out their their real like what their what their TV show was. They get to live that out in real life. Yes, um, it's lovely. It's tremendous. It's it's, it's a great TV, it's a great film. Better than most actual Star Trek movies. Yeah, 
Um, okay, so you watch that. And That's then I on watched, Netflix now. Yeah, and then cool. after that, I watched No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, oh, okay. finally, because I've been wanting to watch that. Yeah, and it feels like it's the 2024 equivalent of like there's something about Mary. Right. Yes. yes. So that's now yeah. on Netflix too. Exactly. Hey? Jennifer right. Lawrence um, gets hired to to sort of be the girlfriend of like a young introvert kid. Yeah. And obviously, it's the it's the somewhat of a romantic comedy but it's 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 um it's one of those films where it's like one of them's got a secret and you know it's going to come out at some point yes um and um but it was when it came out it was very much like we are trying to bring back the raunchy comedy yes and it's okay it was fun it I was laughed. fun i laughed a lot it, okay. it was hilariously it's funny. interesting to see the raunchy comedy which was a bit of a bad glass of milk now <laughs> yeah you know a lot of those and also are in, very like a dude bro space yeah a lot of those are in quite bad taste now yes um but it was interesting to see a 2023 version of that yeah exactly okay so it's quite smart it's quite quick in yeah. that sense there was it's a like, lot of controversy around the age gap oh. of the casting because okay. he was 21 and she was like early 30s yeah, and of course it's the kind of thing where if it's an older woman other guys are like yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah uh, so it's an interesting like space to plan, but I think that they, I, I read some interviews with the director talking about how they took a far more humanist approach to it. And mm-hmm. you see that kind of play out where obviously the intentions are a bit nefarious and questionable at the start of it. Right. Um, and then towards the end, I think the direction they take it in is actually pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. A bit nice. predictable. And the, the guy who, Andrew something Feldman, I can't remember his full name. He sings a song in one scene in a restaurant and his voice is beautiful. Mm. So I was like, oh, did he really sing it on Google? <laughs> and he is a Broadway actor that played in Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, oh okay. Like, fuck, okay, cool. He's, Boy can sing. Yeah, he's really singing it. And he does this like cool little reduced solo piano arrangements of uh, Maneater. And <laughs> the director heard him singing and he was like, okay, cool. I want you to take this and run with it. And he arranged it all himself on piano. Mm. And it's really good. Yeah, he performs it in the restaurant. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's 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 really fucking cool. Yeah, Um, so you can look forward to that. You mm. can look forward to Jennifer Lawrence beating up a bunch of dudes butt naked on a beach. It's fucking funny. It's it's quite weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's so funny watching it. So, yeah, you see some things that you might never... children. You're just like, this is wild. (laughs) She sort of punches a woman in the... I know, the the one woman punches her in the badge, just like straight up. Wild. Yeah, Hilarious. so it's raunchy, but you know what? I I do think there's a place for that. I do think there's a place for some fun. Un- I was actually like kind of relieved that we had that film again. Yeah, uh, okay. updated for these times. It was a good time. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, last night I so I don't know if you know this. Ash Ketchum has been the hero of the Pokemon series since like 1997. That's the boy with the hat. Yes, the boy the one with the that hat. never ages. Yes. And like very frustrating <laughs> if you were watching it. The worst Pokemon trainer of all time. Exactly. Voiced He's- by a woman. Yes. yes. Who came to Comic Con? Exactly. Yeah. We didn't get her, which was annoying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he never wins. He does stupid things like give away his like super powerful Butterfree because it's in love. Uh-huh. And yeah, he's just like, what are you a- doing? This you is try- Ash. Yeah, you want to be the very okay. best, so. Everyone kind of, well, like everyone around me kind of stopped watching, gave up, and we grew up a bit, you know. Yes. But then we found out that they actually retired Ash as a character, and in the series, they made him become world champion, finally, oh. <laughs> in like 2021 or something. 
So I was like, I fell down this rabbit hole because my boss at work started collecting reprints. Well, not reprints. Uh, it's kind of just a new release of the original 151 Pokemon in a card series. Right. Um, and cool. to complete his set, he spends 2,000, the equivalent, pound equivalent of 2,000 Rand on a Charizard hyper rare full illustration card to oh, finish his deck. So I like kind of bought some Pokemon this, cards by myself and I was like, like, this is like you speaking another language to me. I was like, oh my God, this is so hectic. Yeah. Um, I was, I fell deep into it. So I was like, fuck it, I'm watching the series. And then in the final battle where he's, his Pikachu is fighting a Charizard, which is a uh, perfect pairing for like a, the ultimate Pokemon battle. I'm pretty sure I shat a nerd turd. It was like. That's an expression I've never heard before. <laughs> because like when Pikachu's down on his knees he's exhausted uh and then what he, he like kind of starts to blackouts and then when he comes to in this like dream space he sees the original Bulbasaur Squirtle and Charizard like wake him up being like Bulbasaur and he's like Squirtle Squirtle and then they wake him up and then it goes through all the Pokemon that he's trained with and Ash is like yeah Pikachu everyone's got our back and then they start playing the original Pokemon theme song. Uh, and then I peed myself <laughs> from excitement. And it was like... Where, where is this? This is on Netflix. It's called okay. Pokemon Journeys. Okay. And is this the main... Yes. The main series. Exactly. Because for something like Pokemon, for me as an outsider, it feels overwhelming. Like there's yes. movies, there's shows, yeah. there's And there's games, hundreds there's, of them. There's a whole world, right? You really yeah. don't have to watch it all because what no, they do no. at the start of this is they kind of just kind of blank slate ash they kind of acknowledge parts of his past right. but then they do a new thing where there's a new competition that's global and okay they carry it on but it are is you, it is extensive and a bit tedious are but you the kind of guys that are still playing pokemon go uh, um i was playing it right now when we went to uh, go yes. get coffee <laughs> yeah and this saturday i went to the pokemon go community day at emerentia oh. okay so the answer is a big fat yes, yes. For, for cole <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I always noticed that when Pokemon Go came out, it was like, okay, this is going to be a global phenomenon because it's such a new, exciting way of gaming. Yes. But I was like, this will peter out and it'll it'll then just be with the Pokemon community. Yeah. Oh, no. So you've been able to play it for all these years. Yeah, there are still millions of players and they update it. There's still like, sure. events that yeah, happen yeah. every like, bi-monthly. Right. It's rad. I love it. Cool. Yeah, I'm okay. still very much a Pokemon nerd. <laughs> Pooing a nerd turd. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, G-Force? Uh, yo. Over on your side? Oh, Lord, I've barely watched anything lately. The only thing I've watched recently, I'm going to be brief, is The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy because I just reread all the books. Oh, cool. Oh, I amazing. need to rewatch the movie because I've read the book. Yeah, I just read the books. The movie's not that great. Yeah. I think it kind of misses the point. I, I read, uh, I saw the movie first mm. and then was like, I, I should... This was, I think Hitchhikers was probably the start of my, I need to read some classic books. Oh, cool. Cool. But a year or two ago, I was like, okay, mm. let's, let's do it. Yes. So that's when it was like Hitchhikers and then obviously June took me the majority of last year. <laughs> um, uh, I, went, I read the, uh, this, it's obviously a stage play, um, Streetcar Named Desire and oh, yes. Breakfast at Tiffany's and oh, I'm loving all of it. Cool. Okay. So for you, the... The the Hitchhiker's movie, yeah, it like it's it, reasonably well cast. Yeah, with all um, most deaf and yeah, that's Martin a great, but that's like quite an inspired bit of casting. Most deaf is Ford Prefect. Is that is that anywhere? No, did you just? Find- I got it on Apple TV. Okay. I just rented it you through rented Apple. It. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, um, but yeah, I read the books. The books are 
tremendous. Yeah, they are I, lovely. And I remember weird. And I think that. the reason why it's so difficult is because they're not really like narrative driven. They're exactly. just like conceptual, like whatever idea Douglas Adams was having at the time, he tried to like work around these weird characters. <laughs> yeah. And they're fantastic books. I remember no, when I read that, I, I, I realized I can't read it in public. Oh, yes. Because I would be laugh giggling. so hard. Yeah. Like, but out loud, I couldn't like stifle the laughter. <laughs> It it is one of the funniest things you'll ever experience. Yeah. That book, it yeah. is so good. And and yeah, I remember reading this whatever version it was, the fiftieth yeah. anniversary or twentieth anniversary or whatever. Mm. And um, in the preface, someone was saying like, you know, when this came out, this was the book that got passed around. Yes. You know, like the early version of like a sort of viral movie oh, cool. or TV yeah. show, right? And and so he associates it with being this like scuffed book oh right um and i was obviously i'd bought it pristine and nice. i also like to keep my books pristine yes. i want to but when i read that i was like i want to scuff this <laughs> and so when i read it i wasn't afraid to sort of bend the pages yes, yeah. and bend the book i was like i want to have a scuffed version yes. of hitchhiker's guide <laughs> to the galaxy that is so cool yeah. uh, you were talking about reading more classics mm. yeah um which is weirdly serendipitous because at um i went to jonathan rocksmith's house for christmas oh nice um and hung out with a few of his mates and um i was talking to his partner chris who's read like 52 books last year yes wild like a voracious reader mm. and i was saying that my goal for 2024 is to try to get into classics right. yeah i read 1984 like you millions. know, animal farm. It's like oh, all the yes. movies. Like, exactly. There's a there's a Japanese word for this, and I've I wish it was an easier to remember word. It's sundoku. Sundoku. Yeah. Right. Which is the the need to buy books that you believe you'll like oh, someday yes. read, yes. <laughs> but you might not. But you buy them because you feel you have to yes. own them to read them. So I have I, every single James Bond book. Ah, wild! How many are have there? you read them? No. I read yeah. the first one and I was like, these are pretty boring. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I bought, remember when exclusive books used to have those, they yeah. have a sale every January. Yes. So I got like a whole thing of all of the James Bond books for like 200 bucks or something. So oh, I was like, wow. cool. Yeah, it's yeah. worth it. But um, uh, this guy, Chris, said to me, oh, start with Dracula. Read Dracula. Oh, I really want to read Dracula. And he's like, it's, it's cool. It's queer. And it's like written in an interesting way through diary entries. Mm. And it's really amazing. And then... John's other friend who they like travel quite a bit with and she's hilariously funny. Used to be an English teacher and she heard us having this conversation when, um, excuse me, you have to read The Great Gatsby first. Have you read it? And I'm like, <laughs> no, it was, wasn't a set work in school and I just haven't yeah, gotten around to it. I would say it's not read it. And yo, she went on this like 15 minute why. rant <laughs> yeah. as to why it's the greatest book ever written. Right. And I was like, okay, cool. Now I have to choose between <laughs> Gatsby and Dracula. Well, just, just get started. <laughs> no, yes. exactly. Yeah. Frankenstein, yeah. read Frankenstein. Mm. Great book. Mm. Fantastic. Is that the first horror? We spoke uh, about this the other day. I don't know. I think it might be like the first like science fiction sort of twi themed horror. Okay. But the In big story behind Frankenstein is the fact that the, the woman. Yes. Very Yeah. In a time when like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like women authors just didn't exist. Yeah, just about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was amazing that that came through. Yeah. Um, I've got a nice uh, little gem. Mm. Oh. I think we should come up with a, a a shelf, yes, for this kind of movie. And we need to use our shelves. And when we need we to come use our shelves at the video store. Yeah. Maybe we can come up with a name together. But the name I'm I'm thinking of is like like a solid heart warmer, right? Okay. Like like a guaranteed nice night movie. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like 
easy but not stupid. Right. So that's why like like some kind of gem or I don't know, but just like a solid. Mm. Solid's the word I'm trying to look for where it's like it's not dumb. Right. It's not a fall asleep show, but it's uh not too challenging, it's perfect. Cool. So uh maybe a lot of people have already watched it, but um if you need a guaranteed good film, Kodachrome on Netflix. Co Kodachrome. Kodachrome. Yeah. So it is uh, named after the type of film yeah. that I think Kodak made at one point, a specific Aye. kind of film called Kodachrome. Uh, back in the day when we used to take yeah. film photos and we developed them, um, you, you have a, most of us had used a normal kind of film. It was called C41, I think. Okay. I used to work, fun fact, my <laughs> high school job was working at a photo developing place. Wow. Um, and that gives you the negative, which yeah. if you remember, you got the negative sheet. So it was quite hard to see your photos because they were in negative. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then, of course, you then printed them, <clears throat> but you got the negative sheet to keep. Uh, then there was slide film, yes, uh, which was the enabled you to cut those out and make them as slides. Yeah, so they used slide different. Projector. I'm, 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 I'm talking around this. Uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> let's get to the movie. But basically, um, there is this kind of film called Kodachrome, and yeah. it is about to stop being developed. Right. And there is one more place, one photo developing place in this middle of nowhere little town that can still do Kodachrome and they're about to close. Right. Okay. Jason Sudeikis is um, a young guy working in a record label and he gets a call that his dad, played by Ed Harris, is sick and right. about to die. Uh, they've got this estranged relationship and um, he must come and meet him. And the idea is that there's one role of film that Ed Harris, who's a famous photographer, has that he mm. wants to develop, and they want to take a road trip to this place, and Jason Sudeikis must come with. Right, okay. but he's like, I don't fucking like my dad. He was never there for me, and so it's all about this father and son road trip. Yeah, um, the nurse who looked after Ed Harris, who's looking after Ed Harris, is um, Elizabeth Olsen. So immediately there's like a little uh, romantic. Um, Right. Opportunity there for those two. Yes. But it's a road trip movie and it's all about father and son. You obviously get more about their relationship mm. um, as they try to get to this place to develop this film. Cool. Kodachrome. Stunning. Kodachrome on Netflix. Oh, Bruce Greenwood's in it. I'm I was sold. about to say. <laughs> Who's Bruce Greenwood? Bruce Greenwood's Uncle Dean? This guy. Uh, yeah. He's, he's the, tremendous. He's the, yeah. So. so you get the idea that Ed Harris was this very famous photographer. Right. But like war journalist and has traveled and has done things, but seemed to have abandoned Jason Sudeikis at quite a young age. Right. Um, and uh, that chap, uh, Greenwood, was the uncle who he basically grew up with. Cool. For anyone listening, they'd probably recognize him from Gerald's Game. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Mm. And Graham Star Trek. And, yeah, Graham and I know from Star Trek. Yeah. And Batman. <laughs> Batman. He's a great Batman. Yeah. Oh, yes. He did voice Batman. Yeah, and Young Justice. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. He's no Kevin Conroy, but he's good. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> Lovely. Um, great, guys. Uh, I think I think that's perhaps all we've got time for today. Yeah. Do we want to talk Golden Globes? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, let's perhaps just hit the little highlight. Cool. Or two. Um, we are now in the exciting awards season. Yeah. It's bubbling up. 
Yeah, and hopefully, like, because the hype around, I think, especially the South African market, our routine is to wait until the nominations happen and then we start getting all the films. Yes. Mm. You know, so hopefully, like, with your DCP, that's this is going to be the place to check right? out awards season. Exactly. No, we've, we've got this thing at the right time. Yeah. Because we can play some of the films that have been saved for now. Exactly. Um, some, because it's all about timing, right? So mm. with yeah. the Oscars... If you are nominated, you've obviously got to be within a certain window, but you then need to market yourself to all the people that need to vote for you. If you are a part of the Academy, and which are members of people in the film industry around the world, previous winners, obviously a lot of them live in America, but the people who are inducted or a part of this Academy of Arts and Sciences. Yes. And so it actually becomes, and we've spoken about this before, but it actually becomes a basically like a political race. It's a little bit like you trying to become president. Yeah. What do you need to do? You got to go to town by town, rally by rally, banquet by banquet yeah. to remind everyone, hey, vote for me. Yeah. So you got to throw these parties. So it certainly helps if your film is being released in and around the time people have to vote yeah. or at least fresh in their memory. Yeah. So that's why a lot of really great films will come out in December, Jan, Feb, yeah. in and around this award season. Yes. Okay. Correct. So who were some of the nice winners? Okay. I'm just going to go through some of them that are in, I'm just going to through the order that's on the Golden Globes website. Um, we have Best Director Motion Picture, Chris Nolan. Cool. For okay. Oppenheimer. I think nice. that's a pretty solid choice. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a pretty big year for that. I think it's cool. Um, Celine Song for Past Lives was nominated, like first yeah. film. Yeah. Amazing. That's awesome. That is hectic. Yeah. Greta Gerwig, Mon Scorsese, Yorgos Lanthimos, mm. Bradley Cooper, all thing. nominated. Yeah. Mm. Um, Boy in the Heron got Best Animated Feature. It won, hey. Yeah. And that was his first, uh, Miyazaki, that was the, the his, his first, first Golden, Golden Globe. Globe yeah. And he's like in his late 80s. Yes. That's yeah. bizarre, man. Well, kind of, but you remember like, it's not the Best Animated Feature is a relatively new Oh, for the Golden Globes. Well, yeah, just in even general. for Oscars, it's, it hasn't, there yes. hasn't always been, it was the first, I mean, the first um, one at the Oscars was Shrek. So that was 2001. Okay. Check, let's check this out. I remember Beauty and the Beast. Was nominated for Best, best Picture. Film, was, yeah. was Best Film. And that's yes. what started the debate. Yes. That perhaps there should be a Best yeah. Animated Film and that it should be separated. Yes. Mm. So I think it was shortly after that. Yeah. That they created the the, the category for best yes. animated. I think it was because Shrek was the first one that won it, and I think that was two thousand one. Wild. And I mean, Shrek. And you think about it, Miyazaki's only released like three films, maybe since then. Sure. So there's not like a huge amount of opportunity for that. But okay, okay. yeah. Um, what else do we want? Best motion picture drama, Oppenheimer again. Cool. Best motion picture musical or comedy. This is something like the, the weirdest. Yes, category. the way they like divide those categories yeah. is super weird. But that was poor things. Interesting. Oh. Um, so it's a comedy. I'd probably. I don't know. Maybe it's a dark comedy. It looks, yes. Yeah, it looks that's, ridiculous. That's what so. I've. Yeah, that's the impression that I've gotten. Here's one: best motion picture non-English language Anatomy of a Fall. Which oh, can we talk that. about that coming? You said oh. that's coming to the bioscope. Uh, no, that uh, what we were talking about was Zone of Interest. Zone of Interest. Uh, okay. Anatomy of a Fall. You should get that. It looks interesting. It does look interesting. Like a lot of people, it's in their like top three for the year. Yeah. A lot of the critics are following. Zone of Interest won at Cannes last yes. year. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what language it's in. Mm. The trailer is very arty. The trailer <laughs> is just clips of the movie with intercut with 
everyone going like, this is a masterpiece. But right. the trailer gives you very little in terms of narrative. <laughs> it's okay. art. It's, it is it's, cinema. It's World War Two. That's kind of all we know at this <laughs> oh, point. Okay. It's a bit of a Holocaust-y thing. Okay. Oh, you know. Interesting. Uh, Base score, Oppenheimer again. Cool. Ludwig. Well-deserved. Ludwig yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed listening to his stuff in Tenant. Yes, oh, his really? Tenant score yeah. is really cool. That re- really it's cool. very interesting. I didn't pay attention. I must go back and listen to the soundtrack without the movie. Mm. You must watch the movie again, though. I'll, I'll give it, like I, I said, I'll give it like three years and with subtitles. And then, I and then I'll watch it. I watched it on the plane. Mm. Oh, we really? We spoke about it last week. With, with subtitles or without? Tenant. Yeah. No subtitles. Oh, did you understand what was, they were saying? I feel like I got like enough to get by. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's a big chunk of that movie. I was like, I don't have the capacity. I'm very tired <laughs> to be watching this. Like I've chosen to watch this on the wrong flight at yes. the wrong time of day. But I was like, I now I'm I'm in, and I was like, I think I get this. Yeah. I think I understand. Yeah. But like a, um, the guy who edits a bunch of stuff for Weekly Planet, which we've spoken about before, yes. he has a channel called Ben from Canada. Okay. Watch his video on Tenet, and then go and watch Tenet. Okay, cool. Um, it's really cool. I, uh, yeah, I also need to watch it again. But best song, we were actually talking about this just before that, was the Billie Eilish song from... No. Mm. no. Yeah, oh, oh, Billie Eilish won the Golden Globe. Yes. Mm. I'm just Ken won Critics' Choice. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the Billie Eilish song is more it's like beautiful. deserving. Yeah, 100%. Way. Like it's a much more... Is Billie Eilish about to win her second Oscar? Probably. That would be wild, dude. What was the first one? Um, James Bond. James Bond. Yeah. 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 Um, best performance female actress motion picture Lily Gladstone ooh very well Saw deserved yeah yeah she was one of those people that's for Killers of the Flower Moon yes uh, she was one of those actresses that was like about to pack it in oh really really she was like I'm I've kind of had enough because wow. it's your your whole life is filled with rejection mm. sure. and she was like I think I'm going to start looking at something else and yes. then she got that job wow wild yeah that is a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. Same with old John Krasinski. He tells a great story about how he's like, my mom was a big supporter and she's like, go out, give yourself five years or 10 years or whatever it is, try. Yes. Because she says, and you got to pull yourself out because I don't want to be the, I can't be the parent that tells you to give up on your dream. Yes. Right. And he was, he, it was near the end of the year and he was like, I'm coming home, mom. Like, this oh. is too hard. Like in the last, bit of you know auditioning and probably like being a bomb in an LA and the mom was like okay well it's September like give yourself two more months right and like a week or two later he got the office wow. Wow. of course his whole life changed yes Kiefer Sutherland as well was going to quit acting um he yeah. was going to go become a freaking a rodeo like entertaining rider thing oh, wow. and then he landed 24 <laughs> that wild. is wild and completely yeah. like restarted his career um best actor motion picture Killian Murphy obviously Okay, mm. for Oppenheimer. Yeah, I'm interested in Best Supporting Actor. Uh, best Supporting Actor. Let me find it. Oh, Best Supporting Actor, Motion Picture, Robert Downey Jr. Good. Uh, yes. Okay. Good. Well deserved. That's a pretty, you know, that category as well. We have Mark Ruffalo, Robert De Niro, Ryan Gosling, Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's yeah. a pretty big one. It's Willem one? Dafoe for? Poor Things. Poor Things. Yeah. Okay. And um, Mark Ruffalo as well. Mm. Also Poor Things. This is one I want to talk about because this is perplexing. Cinematic and box office achievement. That's oh. an award now. Oh, that and is like, such a circle jerk. Sorry. Yes. No, but it, it, sh- surely it's the one that's achieved the most. Just yeah, wins it. Like, yeah, 
why I don't know how you award that. They get money. Yeah. But like, how do you no, qualify I mean, that like, though? Because exactly, it should just go to the one that. But does it's, it's cinematic. Cinematic and box office achievements. So Barbie won it. Okay. I, I almost feel like they were looking at this. They had all their nominees and they were starting to get stuff and they were like, shit, Barbie hasn't won anything. We need to give it a category <laughs> so that it can win. So we don't get bad press for not giving Barbie awards because it was but the best performer of the year. Surely just the movie that just makes the most money isn't automatically the winner. Surely it's the most profitable movie. Oh, okay, I was about to say. Yes. Yeah, then, then, Which Barbie isn't. Yeah, Mario really? Brothers was the most profitable movie of the year because oh, it made it. about the same amount of money, but it cost like at least $50 million less. Wild. But, but then also, I found it perplexing some of the stuff they did or didn't nominate. It's like, because Fast X made more money than most of the, or than a lot of the ones on this list, but they were going like, oh no, we're not, we're not going to want nominate <laughs> we're Fast X. We're not going to give Vin Diesel movie. an award. But they nominated Mission Impossible, which lost money. It's not a profitable movie. So, yeah, I guess this just sounds wanky because I was about to say, perhaps we can close off on this yes. unless there's any other shining winners to mention is that the Golden Globes is a quite confused and somewhat controversial award ceremony. Right. It came out of quite bad press. It was the Hollywood foreign press, right? Yes. Right. That vote for it. And they got um, quite a lot of scrutiny, especially last year with Brendan Fraser. Yes. Oh, because okay. Boycotting the because ceremony. he didn't want to be a part of it because of his legacy with... The Hollywood Foreign Press, uh, where the yes. head of the of this body yes. was the dude, right? Yes, who who like sexually yeah. harassed him, harassed him, yeah. Um, like and so, him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so the whole idea of the Hollywood Foreign Press, which yes. also just doesn't make much sense. What is that? <laughs> is that people outside of America? I don't know. I, I don't know what I've the fuck that is. So, anyways, but it sounds like this up. year they've renamed that body. Oh. oh. So this year they were talking about that voting body as being a different name. Right. And they have another name now. So it's interesting. So it's like this year was a shift in politics. Right. Around how the Golden Globes work. But there was also a funny criticism of like, this doesn't matter. Okay, (laughs) here you go. The Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Philanthropic activities will continue separately as a non-profit entity. The Golden Globes Foundation. Yeah, that HFPA has was dissolved on June twelfth, twenty twenty three. So the Hollywood Foreign Press Association doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, interesting. Wow. Yeah. Um. Okay, boys. Yo. Yeah, let's call it a day. Yeah, it's been a lovely day. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate both of you, mm. and I appreciate you guys listening. If you are still listening, yeah. well done. <laughs> Thank you for for uh, having us um, be your podcast of choice right now. Yeah. It's a treat. Our home base, if you don't know, is thevideostore.co.za. You can see uh, links to some past episodes, so please go back and um, listen to some others. Mm. We've tried to divide them by category, so you can see some of the other guests, and we need to add more. Cool. We need to still populate that. Whenever I find the time, I (laughs) add a few more episodes to different categories, but um, you can certainly see the last few. And please chime in on social media. Yeah. It's always nice to hear from you. And um, let us know what you're watching. And just post like reviews on Facebook. Yeah. Mm. On the Facebook group. Just like, I watched this. Everyone else should. You can also be someone that helps. For what we should talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And you can be someone else that also helps people like recommend stuff to other people. Mm. All right. Like a, like a chums. Nice. Sweet. We'll see you again next week. Yeah. Ta-ta. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Ta-ta. For now.